Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 199, for Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Welcome onesies, welcome uh, everyone, welcome new listeners. I always forget that, you know, every week there's new listeners. Uh, thank you to the YouTube listeners. YouTube uh, views are blowing up. Um, that's crazy good. Thank you so much. Welcome, uh, you know, YouTube person who stumbled across this podcast. Um, the YouTube views are higher than the, the downloads. Um, uh, so that's definitely new people. Thanks for showing up and thanks for, uh, having a little listen to uh, my podcast. Um, but always thanks to everybody. Thank you, everybody. This week, I'm going to be talking about all sorts of different things. I, um, couple, uh, couple games I played very briefly touch on those. Um, I'm going to, uh, talk about the week. I just had an absolute comedy. I just did five shows, uh, with some comedians there. Uh, that was fun. Definitely shaking the cobwebs and the, and then, you know, getting the rust off there. Um, what else? Uh, big update on the box, but it'll be a real quick touch on and then move on. And, uh, I'm going to talk about a new segment guys. And it's a new segment that I really, uh, want to, want to get off the, Really want to get this one off the ground only just because I think it's a good place for us to vent and uh, yeah, whatever. You know what? When we get into it, we get into it and that's it. Um, but I'll tell you what inspired it and everything like that. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about hacky material. I don't know if people uh, are familiar with the term hack. I know some of my listeners are, but some people are just like, you know, you hear someone go, oh, that comedian's a hack, but what does it mean to be a hack? And the thing is sometimes, sometimes comics aren't hacks. They just have like a hacky joke. So, you know, um, and I think even hack, hack short for hackneyed, but still a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what it means. It's one of those things like, what does it mean to you? You know, what is love? Um, but basically I'm going to go into it and let you know what I what I, you know, basically comics know it's like, you know, you know, you know, a hacky joke when you hear one, but it's kind of like, what's, but there's lots of different ways to be a hack. So we're going to talk about that. Everybody wants to be a hack because a hack's the only hack that knows where it's at when play in clubs. You always, <laughs> um, so what else? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, enough to get the show started. That's enough to let you know a few of the things that we're going to be talking about here this week on the one man podcast. So welcome, welcome onesies, welcome new potential onesies. Uh, I've even got a couple emails to read this week. One of them is a, I don't want to say it's a correction, but it's definitely a piece of information that I was talking about on episode number 196. And then uh, another one from my buddy who, uh, you know, just reached out. So off we go. What are we going to start with here? Um, let's do the box. Let's do the box update real quick, real quick off the top. So, um, again, for anyone new, uh, 200 episodes coming up next week. 
uh, 200 episodes of this one man podcast. Very, very proud of it. And for that, we, uh, been putting together for the last few months, a one man podcast, 200th episode, limited edition collector's box. And, uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of different items in it and, uh, that's it. Yeah. we got a couple left. So if anyone's interested, contact at one man podcast.com, um, 125 bucks for Canadians. And, uh, it's just under a hundred dollars with the conversion for Americans. So let me know you're interested. I'll tell you what's in it, blah, blah, blah. But, but we've leave that the other regular listeners have heard enough about it. The update is I picked up the last item, the stand, the stand is in the box and I have already begun, uh, shipping orders. So I've got a few people who are here locally, um, with my doing shows and everything like that. I haven't had an opportunity to, you know, be dropping off boxes. Um, especially with the editing, I'm still, still editing, uh, for the 200th. So the, the local boxes will be in people's hands quickly. And, um, I know I'm dropping one off tomorrow. I've got someone who's coming by to pick one up today. So I'm excited to be getting this, this, you know, room of mine de-Amazonified, right? No more, like it's like a fulfillment center in here. So I'm just like, ah, oh, get it out, get it out. I want to get it in your hands, get it out. So very happy about that. I have already begun, uh, shipping boxes. So all of the, uh, the boxes that have, uh, you know, a U.S. a U.S. recipient or, or other places in Canada recipient, those ones. I did that. I think Saturday was the day that I, yeah, because I knew it was the weekend. I wasn't sure if they'd be open. Yeah. So I, I went there, the post office. And the funny thing is a few of them are like friends in the U S who are like, Hey, can I get some of those Canadian snacks or whatever? So if there was any leftover room in the box, I try to fit a couple, couple Canadian, you know, candy bars or whatever snacks in there for them because I love all of my listeners. You know what I mean? You guys are all important to me. So if you're like, Hey, you know, I know that it's not one of the items, but could you sneak it? The funniest thing is when I'm shipping them and they're like, uh, for customs, what's in it? And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And then I'm like, and cakes. Like I put one person got like Joe Louis. So it's like, and cakes. I'm like, they're like, look at me. And I'm like, yeah, I think customs do this. Let's say, let's say like snacks, you know, snack wrapped, wrapped snack pastry. So they know it's not like, why is there hats and t-shirts and then a cake in there? It's like, no, it's not a cake. It's just like individually wrapped little, little fucking snack cakes. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Write it down. You let customs decide. What are you? You're just a, you're just a Canada post guy. Of course, not the shit on any Canada post guys that might be listening. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, they're on their way. We'll have them in soon. Can't wait to start getting the Instagram pictures and all that fun stuff. Um, it's odd to me because that like, you know, normally things don't take too, too long, but uh, a lot of them are being, you know, estimated as March 12th. And of course the one man podcast 200 episode is March 10th. So I think only my pal, uh, in, in Texas, hers was listed to actually arrive like on the date of my, uh, California and New York ones were the 12th anyways. But the idea is that the same week you could be listening to that episode, your packages will be arriving. So super stellar looking forward to just the end result of that, which is a bunch of people happy with the stuff that we've put together. Very, very excited. Thank you guys for, for all the support in that. And again, one last time, anyone else who's still interested, I don't have many left. I honestly don't, but I, I still do have a few. So, uh, if you're interested, contact at one man podcast.com, or if you know me better than that, just, uh, fire me a, a message and I would be happy to get one to you. Like I said, I, I really anticipate that as soon as like, I'm, I, I was sharing the proofs early on, 
um, for the stuff, but I didn't want to share too much of what the stuff actually looked like because a lot of it exceeded my expectations. Um, so rather than just it's seen everywhere and everyone's kind of got it, I'm really excited to, to let you open it and see with your own eyes what the stuff looks like. And then once those Instagram posts and things like that, that come and I'll start sharing them. Then I, I really anticipate the rest of them. will just be like, oh, okay, God, like just once you actually see it. So excited. All right, moving on. Um, what else are we talking about here? Um, hmm, decisions, decisions. Um, yeah, the, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll just fire through these games real quick. Huh? How about that? Um, I played, uh, well, games and, and TV shows. I watched, um, I started watching The Office. It's constantly showing up on my Netflix feed. My, um, my ex watched it, uh, like back when we were together. It's one of those things that like she would watch, but like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. I'd only seen, I think there's a lot of shows like that. And I've talked about this before where I, I see like an episode of something here and there. And as you know, it's really funny actually, because that kind of goes into something for me this week. I'll, I'll, I'll go from one to the other, but, um, I, uh, I, I see, I catch an episode here or there and like the characters are weird. And I guess you kind of need to, to see how they've developed or whatever. They don't really, I'm, I'm just starting the third season. So I've been watching it for, you know, put a few episodes here and there in the background while I've got laundry, you know, going like putting it away or, or packing the boxes or whatever it is, or just, you know, one or two before bed. But I just started the third season. So like all, all I ever saw, I guess I've only ever seen episodes from the first or second season ever. Um, but it was just like, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the characters. I found that Dwight guy to be really obnoxious and annoying, even though I know what's going for. I didn't realize that, um, Michael Scott, Steve Carell's character, um, was as like absolutely incompetent as he was. Like I knew he was socially awkward and I knew he didn't get like the social cues, but I, for some reason I was like, but the guy's probably got to be good at his job. Right. And it's like, no, he's, I, I mean, like, I don't, it's fucking really awkward. And then a lot of people think like awkward is super funny. I kind of do kind of don't depends on the severity of it, but like, this guy's so fucking awkward and he's like racist at times. And he's like, and this is a, and this is a big corporation. It's not like a tiny little play. Like this is the several branches of this company. It's, it's to the point where it's too unbelievable that he still has his job. You know what I mean? Like, I know all of this is, is like way, you know, before me too, but this guy, uh, sexually harasses his employees. He makes racial jokes. He makes sexist jokes and things. Um, he's constantly getting reprimanded by, by his corporate superiors, which maybe is the writer's justification for like, oh no, like he gets disciplined. It's like, how could you possibly get disciplined that much and, and still keep your job? You know what I mean? Um, and it's almost like, you know, the, the boss is like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot, blah, blah, blah. Like he just does all this stupid stuff. And all of his employees are always kind of like staring at him and rolling their eyes, whatever. It's like, okay. So this, this corporation deserves to fail because there's several people that even wreck in the office. It's not like he's the, the, the land of the blind and he's the guy with the one eye. He's like literally an office full of the vast majority of them are quite capable of doing his job and probably better. And yet they just have to sit in the office and like roll their eyes at him and every crazy thing he does. So I, I started watching it, you know, with those kind of pretenses. I saw that Jim and Pam characters, right? And I'm like, okay, well, she's engaged and this guy is constantly like flirting with her. Um, and yeah, and everyone's like, oh, they're, but they're friends. It's like, 
no, he's obviously interested. I can tell you that one or two. I can tell you that the one episode I saw, I'm like, he's clearly interested in her, you know? And I, I won't spoil anything for anyone else, but I'm like, but everyone who told me like, oh, it progresses. I'm like, yeah, it still took two seasons though, at least to, to, till it's like two seasons. And it's still nothing as, is even close to being, you know, resolved or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I it's just like this, the, the gym guy was always like, I don't know. He had this air that he was always better than everybody else. Like, you know, oh, everyone here's a, a moron, but me, I'm, I'm the guy that knows. I don't know. I hate his haircut. Fucking stupid haircut. I hate it. Just anyways, I, I started watching it. I, I don't, uh, I don't hate the show, but I am, I am. There's some things I just have a hard time. Like I said, the, the level of incompetence of the boss, we're not just talking about like some goofy inspector gadget kind of goofball, you know, it it's really is like, like he's so bad at his job, like, and, and sexually harassing in front of, you know, colleagues and, and, and business prospects and things like that. Like his boss, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It maybe, maybe that's what's got me watching it. Maybe that's what everyone likes about it. Like, what is he going to stupid thing say next? Yeah. I don't know. I just the office, but, um, I guess I can see its appeal. Um, but whatever, I mean, I'm in just starting the third season and I think there's like seven or eight seasons. So I'll, I'll continue to watch it. Um, I understand a little bit better, but I just was kind of like, this is a weird, weird show. I don't like the characters. Maybe I just caught the wrong one, whatever it is. But reminding me of that is my, um, my mom, I was trying to get her to, um, I like my mom, I know would love better call Saul. She likes like law stuff. She likes things with like a little bit of an element of crime. But the funny thing was that she caught like the first couple episodes of breaking bad. And then when my dad was watching it um, at the house, she would see like an episode here or there. So she's like, I've seen like maybe seven or eight episodes all throughout the series, you know, like the first couple. And I was like, well, you know, the first couple episodes, I didn't really care either. I don't think I was into the show until like the end of the third or fourth episode. So that was the thing for me. It was like, I just didn't, I, I didn't care, but I, I, but I, so many people were raving about it that I just sort of plowed through. And then of course I get, you get to the point where you're like, okay, well I'm, I'm in, I'm in everything they're doing is crazy. I'm, I'm in. Um, but, uh, I, I, I know that for her, she's like, yeah, I don't care about, I saw an episode here or there. She's even seen like the last episode. So she even knows kind of like where all the characters end up, but of course it's how they get there. Right. So, um, Yeah. So just like I said, same thing with me. I'm like, catch an episode of The Office here or there. And everyone's like, no, it's so good. You got to watch it. And I was like, nah, I've seen it. Maybe that's what it is, is that I, I, you know, I caught a few here or there. And of course, without being, having the glue in between, you know, so I'm telling her, you'll, you'll like Breaking Bad. You just got to watch through it. Anyways, but you got to watch Breaking Bad if you're going to watch Better Call Saul, right? Better Call Saul is a prequel. You need to know what they're doing. They, they quite literally show you ever, you know, how a lot of avenues get to where they were in breaking bad. So you can't just watch and go, who are these guys? They don't give you a lot of character development because it's expected that you're already going to know because of breaking bad. So, um, great show. I fucking, I really don't know how Saul, but that's, I think that's the one downside of better call Saul and breaking bad is that in breaking bad, he was just a sort of sniveling little criminal skeezy little lawyer guy. And then the strength that they show that he has in better call Saul. It's almost like, how did he, and that's supposed to come afterwards. Like, how did he go from that to this little sniveling cocksucker? You know, still love it. Still love it. Um, okay. 
Where, what are we, what are we doing here, Josh? What are we doing here? My energies, you know what it is, is I'm, I'm actually fighting a lot of, uh, chest stuff right now. Uh, the pain in my chest still here, still coughing, really need to, to get out and get some fresh air and get this shit. Like I said, I'm, I'm not drowning in dust, but I've got dust everywhere and a lot of it because there's several boxes of product and shit like that, that needs to get moved out or whatever. Um, the, uh, yeah. And, and I, so anyways, I went over to, uh, to my mom's on Saturday night to, to watch a little bit of breaking bad for her to encourage her. So I gotta, it's just that, like, we just got to get the, the boulder just to the point of the hill and then, and then, then roll it over and then it'll, it'll, it'll go on its own because I'm excited to watch uh, better call Saul with her. I know she's going to love that, but the breaking bad one is the one that's tough. So we just get her, get her enough episodes in where she's like, I think I like this and she'll watch it on her own. And then it's like, okay, good. She's watched it. Now we can, now we can watch Better Call Saul. That's it. It's so weird. It's like, well, we got, we got, you know, six seasons of homework before we can watch this other show. But I, I am confident that she's going to get into it and like the characters and everything like that. And it's going to be, it's going to be good. All right. I played, uh, I finished a game called uh, Little Nightmares 2. Um, very, very good game. I played the first one. It's a Tim Burton-esque side-scrolling puzzler. I don't play video games. What does that mean? Okay, well, it basically means like Super Mario, where the screen, you know, you're just running left or right on the screen. Now, there is foreground and background, but it's effectively a continuous, linear, you know, right-to-left progression of the game. It's not a big, wide-open world, all right? So that's how the game plays, left to right. Every every room or section that you go to and has puzzles. So you might need to go into a room and grab a chair and slide it up against the wall and jump up and grab a handle, or, you know, you might need to put one thing in a, in a uh, you know, incinerator, and then it burns burns a thing, and then you get a key out of it or something like it's, it's all puzzles. So you, you're you're continuously looking at your environment, figuring out what's there, and, and moving stuff around to to solve it. I say it's Tim Burton esque because it's like you're playing as these tiny little kids. Again, this is the sequel. So anyone who knows the first one, more of the same. Um, very creepy stuff. You're you're dealing with um, these little like marionette Pinocchio puppets that, that, that come to life and chase you around and do shit. That's one of the things there's this like teacher woman in the school where, um, she's, you know, she just looks like a big creepy teacher, but then, you know, if you make a sound or something, her fucking neck is like that snake in Beetlejuice, not the sandworm, but like when Beetlejuice is, you know, terror, this is an old reference. So I really hope most of you get it, but you know, when he turns the, turns his head into a snake and he's fucking slithering around the house. He's looking at everyone. And then Lydia shoots at him, you know, Hey, Beetle, just Beetle, just Beetle. He's, ah, shit. And he goes away. It's like that. So she's, she's just, you know, her neck fucking comes around and chases and you got to hide because she can see it wherever you it's There's creepy shit in the game. Honestly, just Google little nightmares Two trailer and you'll see. But anyways, I, I finished that. I got all the, the trophies in that platinumed it. Um, cool game, just like the first one. Um, so if you enjoyed the first one, more of the same, and that's it just for people who are listening, anyone who's maybe interested in the game, uh, they do, this one is definitely creepier. Um, there's things where like, you know, and, and in the first game you had access to a, um, a little lighter, like a little Zippo lighter to, to illuminate areas. And, uh, and then of course the, the, um, the expansion downloadable content, you had a flashlight and, you know, you make use of this light to, to protect yourself at times, the, um, the, one one of the things that they had in the the expansion of the first one was like these little sort of shadow kids that come at you and you'd hit them with the flashlight and it would like you know dissolve them into the light um they use a similar they use a flashlight again like every chapter i think there's five chapters every chapter has like a gimmick thing that they give you that you're going to need to to progress forward so for example like 
in the, uh, you're in this hospital, which is quite clearly made up to look kind of like an insane asylum. There's these like large mannequins and you're, you know, they're just sort of standing there. So as you're going through the, the dark hospital, unlit hospital, you're seeing these like, you know, silhouettes of these mannequins just sort of standing there. And then every now and again, one of them will like fucking do those creepy horror movie, like jitter movements where it's kind of like chasing you, but it's all stiff and fucking you know, like Kramer jabbering, jibbity, like coming after it's creepy. So you hit it with the flashlight and it freezes it. Right. And then, and then you turn away. And then as soon as the light goes off of it, it starts moving again. So it's like, it's creepy. And then you get into rooms where they're like, they're coming at you from all angles. So you're like spinning around trying to hit them all with the flashlight before they can grab you. Um, it's creepy. It's fucking creepy. Again, like, like when you're first, first playing it, Right after, you know, after a couple of playthroughs like me, where I'm getting all the trophies, I know which ones are going to, you know, come to life or whatever. So you just get ready to hit those ones with the flashlight. But the first time you play where there's dozens of them in the room and you don't know, you know, 90% of them don't ever come to life. They just stay solid. Just creepy. Just a fucking creepy game. Um, all sorts of weird stuff in it, but, but that's just an example of like one of the parts of the game. So it's fun to play. I'm sure they'll make yet another one, but, uh, yeah, uh, little nightmares too. If you're not a gamer, honestly, you could throw the, you know, you do a let's play on YouTube and that's, and, and for the record, anyone who's listening, like, I know I've got a lot of professionals and adults that listen to this. My friends, you guys are busy. You don't have time. You don't give a fuck about video games. That's totally cool. Um, some of the stuff that I would recommend is, um, these the let's play and then whatever the name of the game is you type that into youtube and people do videos where like they play the game and you can watch them you know go through it so uh little nightmares is not a very long game it's only a few hours so anyone who is into games and is like oh i've never heard of that or whatever just take a look at it it's it's great anyone who's not into it um i would say just for the art value of it alone it is fascinating take a peek if you're ever kind of like yeah hey, i want to throw some mud while i eat but I, I don't know what throw on a let's play of little nightmares too you know, you could take a peek at it and see what's going on. I've, I've chatted at length about the last of us. You could totally do a let's play of the last of us. You don't have to be good at video games in order to enjoy, um, the stories and, and the art and things like that. Like video games are not pong anymore. Video games are not super Mario anymore. They're not, you know, some of these other ones that we've seen, like the original Zeldas and stuff like the games have come a long way. And in fact, the ones that I tend to play are the ones that are either very visually interesting, um, or have good stories. You know what I mean? So, um, there's, you know, if you like watching movies, you know, you could watch a let's play. And I, I promise you, depending on the game, you will get, an equally good, you know, a video experience as watching a movie, you know, it just depends. Sometimes you, the problem is there's a lot of people who want to be, you know, internet famous and you get these kids who are on the, you know, YouTube and they're like, Hey, let's do a let's play. Um, some people are great They're They will play through the, the game, um, you know, quickly. So they don't, they don't fuck around and they're a, they're good at the game. So they can kind of run you right through it. Um, they also don't talk. That's, those are the ones that I prefer. Um, I don't watch a lot of let's plays, but sometimes when I'm looking for help on a game, I'll throw on a YouTube video and it ends up being someone's let's play that'll show like at this particular point, this is what you gotta do to, you know, beat that. Don't do it all the time, but those are the ones I like. So, you know, you could be watching a let's play and you got some guy like PewDiePie. I don't expect a lot of you to know who that is, but he's probably one of the more famous guys that plays video games. This motherfucker talks constantly. 
Okay. Like, like, like even there'll be story cutscenes and things happening where the characters are talking and they're driving the plot and he's talk. Oh my God. Can you believe what she's wearing? Why is she wearing that? She looks so stupid. Her, her shirt is all dumb and her face is looking so strange. Why are you? It's like, and this is like going on over time. Now I, I, he's popular. I don't know. Maybe it's the same people that watch the office or whatever. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I just don't. I don't understand it. I'm like, I came to watch the story and I can't hear it. You know, who's like, Oh, I want to hear what some goofy fucking, I don't know. They've even PewDiePie so big. They've made fun of him on South park years ago. Like that's how big this guy is. So, and I think he got temporarily canceled or something like that for dropping the N word on, uh, on one of his streams or whatever. But long story short, um, there are, there are videos that you can find where someone was just, it's just talking, 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 but Let's play and then a game, type that into YouTube and uh, you should be able to, at least if you're interested, you know, Josh talks about these things, at least you can see for two or three minutes kind of what it is that I'm, that I'm doing and maybe why it's so fascinating to me. I don't play anywhere near as many video games as I once did, but that's why when I do, I want it to be something that's got like a good story or whatever. Like there's just people who will spend an afternoon binging you know, uh, uh, Netflix series. Right. So the idea for them is like, Oh, I watched this series of documentaries, like fucking that, that few hours I wasted on the Cecil documentary. Wish I could get that back. But you know, you spend, you spend two, three hours watching something like little nightmares. You're like, Oh, that was a really interesting story. And I liked the, the puzzles. The artwork was incredible. It looks like, um, for those of you who don't play games, but are familiar with Tim Burton, like the, the movie Coraline and nightmare before Christmas, like little nightmares has a very, um, Fuck, I think the font is almost the same font as those movies, but it's kind of like the, uh, that's what it is, that, that style of characters is like dolls and, and corpse bride and that kind of shit. So that's the art style of the game. Uh, very, very well done. All right. All right. Moving on, moving on to something different, something different. I have been playing, uh, Grand Theft Auto online with my buddies, um, here and there in the evenings. And, uh, and that's just a blast. I won't even, I won't even get into that, but you hear the words grand theft auto. You're either immediately polarized or you're like, yeah, fuck. I know it. It's, it's one of the, it it's, I don't know if red dead oversold it, but you know, grand theft auto five, the most, uh, profitable, I'd say successful, but yes, profitable video game. I think they made first video game to ever make over a billion dollars. I think in its first week, like grand theft auto is one of those games where like, it's like saying Quentin Tarantino on a movie. Like most people are like, they're not like, well, what's this one about? They're like, okay, done. New, new Red Dead, you know, uh, Redemption from Rockstar, done. Rock, well, Rockstar is the company, right? So Rockstar, you, that, that name goes on it and it's like, okay, it's, it's going to be good. So even Tarantino, I don't love all of his movies, but I've never been bored to tears through all of them. I'm going to get some good dialogue. I'm going to get some interesting scenes or whatever, right? Scorsese. You know, Zemeckis, if you listen to the episode with uh, Izzy. So anyways, that's, I've been, I've been spending some time on that messing around. So, um, what else we talk about? So let's talk about the shows guys. I did some shows this week. It was fun. We had a good time. We, myself and the other comedians had a good time. Um, Wednesday was a little bit of a shake the cobwebs off. Like throughout the week, I was getting progressively, you know, more and more polished as I got my feet back underneath me. And it's a long time and it's weird performing for crowds that are all spaced out. You know, a room that sits 200 now fits 45 to 50, uh, with the proper social distancing guidelines. We got, we got the plexiglass around the States. I'm actually not bothered as much by the plexiglass now that I've done like a few weeks with it. Like I think I did a couple of them in, uh, in Kingston 
in December with the plexiglass up. I did uh, one in Ottawa before the 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 second lock excuse me lockdown. So it's like my fourth full week doing shows behind plexiglass. Not to mention all the spots. So I'm not bothered by the plexiglass as much as anymore. Like like I said, it's more the spacing of the crowd because I think that even if the plexiglass wasn't there on the stage, I would still be having as much difficulties. Fair, it's fair. You know, everyone's having difficulty, but it's just that there's big pockets, right? Like the way the rooms are set up now is quite literally the way you would describe how not to set up a room for comedy to work. You need everybody close and tight to have a good time, right? Um, some people I think, no, you don't, you can sit in a movie theater. Well, the movie was already filmed, right? The movie's not waiting for your reaction to decide how much it should give you in the next scene. It's already done. So yeah, you can space it out. It's going to be what it is, but there's a reason too that like you, if you couldn't, you couldn't put a stand up comic all by himself in a theater and be like, oh, there's no audience, but like, Hey, just tell the jokes anyways. And we're recording a special, like you need a live audience when you're recording a special because that energy is what they feed off of. So even though you're watching it, however it was that it was done at the time, they had the energy and the feedback that they needed, which is why sometimes with this podcast, guys, we totally honest with you. Sometimes with this podcast, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this a little bit, but um, I, I have no response. I'm, I'm, you know, I always say I'm, I'm talking to the wall. Like I'm, I'm looking around and stuff. And in fact, sometimes if I start to stammer my words or whatever, it's because I'm looking around and I see something I'm like, Oh fuck, I forgot to mail that. Or I forgot to, I still got to do that. Oh, that's shit. I meant to put that away or whatever it is. Like there's, there's all sorts of distractions, but at the end of the day, there's no feedback. So if I, I, that's why I like doing the episodes with, you know, friends, have a friend come in and co-host and we'll shoot the shit about something because at least then if I'm talking about something, they can ask questions. And the cool thing is to assume, well, that's probably what the audience would be asking too, right? Like if I'm saying something, I forgot something, right? I'm in my own head. So if I thought something earlier in the conversation, I do that thing where I'm always like, fuck, did I, did I say this or did I just mean to say this? So it's um, on stage, like the feedback really makes a difference because you can hear if they're laughing and giggling, you know, they're interested. Um, if they start chatting with each other at the table, well, you know that, that you're losing them. What you're saying is not that interesting and they're having their own conversations. Now, that doesn't really happen to me, um, but it's something you see happen on shows. You know what I mean? Also, I've been doing it long enough that like when you hear a, a drunk table, it doesn't always mean that they don't like you either. Sometimes the table's just drunk and they're talking to each other about what they're going to order next or whatever, but they're just, they're not paying attention. So for whatever the reason, they're not paying attention and you can see that. So if you ever start to see that, you know, as a good comic or host, you know how to rein that back in. Hey, hey, one of the sheep's getting away. Hey, hey, but Bessie, I was gonna say Bessie, that's a, that's a cow name. Dolly, Dolly, where are you going? Hey, come back here. Come back. Hey, get over here. I will slap the shit out of you, Dolly. Um, so yeah, that's the, the, the kind of thing. So I'm getting the rust dusted off of me. I'm, uh, <laughs> fuck just reflecting on, I'm like, I was talking about how just, you know, getting back into the saddle. I haven't even talked about any specifics yet or particulars, but, uh, anyway, so the shows are going better. I have a, a thing coming up this week. I'm doing a spot at Absolute Comedy on Thursday, and then I'm doing like a warm-up show on Sunday for Just for Laughs. I've already signed all the contracts, everything like that. They're recording like, I guess, uh, like a best of album or something like that, and they're just going to be putting a lot of comics on it and um, and then, you know, putting it on, on satellite radio and stuff like that. So I, I had to decide, well, what bits do I want to give away? Um and so this week is, is not just been like, Hey, just go do your job, which was, which I would have preferred. So it's been a little while since I've done some stand up. go back, you know, get your legs back underneath you. 
it's not that simple right now. Now it's like, fuck, I got to use this time to practice the bits that I want to do for just like, well, what fucking bits do I want to do? Cause once I do them, they own the master recording. I still own the material, but they own those recordings and they can sell them wherever they want. So it just means that like, if they go to satellite radio, I can never sell that bit to satellite radio because just for laughs has already sold them that bit. Why would they buy that bit twice? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like what, what, uh, and of course I get like royalties and shit like that. Don't, don't worry. I'm not just giving away material for someone else to sell. It's, uh, it's just that like, well, what bits, you know, do I not want to do anymore? What bits will I, would I, would I feel like would get more of a chance being sold to a, a radio station than, um, you know, than if I was to try to pitch them myself or whatever. So it's just every, every set. And the thing too, is the host is I couldn't go out this week and just be like, Oh, I got like a seven minute bit. I want to polish up for this recording. So I'll just go do that. It's like, you're, you're hosting, you're doing 10 minutes off the top. And I've kind of like, Hey guys, how's it going? I have to introduce the show. Here's, here's what we got. Here's who's here. Round of applause guys. We've got a great show for you. Uh, anyone celebrating anything. And then it's like, by the time you kind of get through that, that crowd work portion off the top, it's like, oh, I got four minutes left. So I got to do just two quick jokes and then get the show started. And then you know, doing a little bit of time, you know, maybe a minute in between for them to, to get the microphone back from the comic. Cause they're using wireless mics right now to be safe. So I have a permanent mic at the side of the stage for the host. So I just leave mine there and I keep coming back to that. That's the only mic I use, but the, um, but the comics, uh, the other comedians on the show, right. Opener, middle headliner, um, they're all sharing a wireless mic. So when they go off stage, they got to go to the green room. Someone takes the microphone, sprays lice all over it, you know, opens it up, wipes it all down with, with sanitizer, everything like that. And gives the next comic. So I got to buy them like a minute worth of time, you know, to do that. So I don't have one minute long jokes. Fuck. I don't even have one minute long, small anecdotes. I can go on about anything for a long time. So. That's the thing for me is like, okay, so what do I got for the minute? So I can't do any of this stuff that I want to work on. And then I got a few minutes before the headliner. So it's just, it's been a rough week because I'm like, it's the stress is like, I want to get these, I'm trying to figure out what bits I want to put on this just for laughs recording, but I'm not getting the stage time to, to do those bits. And so it's just been, uh, it was, it was fine. Like everything I picked to do fine and worked. I didn't sacrifice the show for what I was looking to do, but just internally, I was like, shit, like I got this big thing coming up and I want to do well on it. I just don't want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to rush shit. You know, I don't want to give away material and then it sounds shitty. Right. And then that's, if, if it gets picked up, that's the stuff that people are hearing. And they're all like, I, they've sent me so many different contracts and FAQs. And I've been, I think I've talked to three or four different people from just for laughs now, just in setting up this thing. So it's kind of like, uh, to be honest with you, if I, if I'm totally transparent and honest with you guys, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. Um, I, I said yes. Uh, when I was driving my friend back here, uh, also maybe make a note about that. Um, but when I was driving my friend back, I talked about in the last episode, I picked her up and, and drove her to Ottawa. Uh, she has since, uh, already gone back to where she was. I, I can talk about that more, but let's see where we are after all the other shit I talk about. Um, but I just, you know, I answered an email while we were at a gas station or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, it sounds like fun. Sure. And it was like, and I thought like, I thought March 9th or whatever was further away than it is. And I'm like, fuck, I got, I got the shows. I got I don't even know what, what bits I'm like, I could do these bits. Now they're like minimum 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, I think the bits that I quoted you were like seven or eight. So I want to make sure I get that full 10 for you. 
Now I'm like, I got to change them. They're like, yeah, if you change any material, let us know. What kind of bits you, it's like every day. Hey, they're, they're sending emails. Hey, we're doing catering. What kind of sandwich do you guys want? It's like, fuck. So I'm packing the boxes, editing things, doing the shows at Absolute Comedy and trying to figure out what I'm going to do for this just for last. It's just been a little stressful. So the shows at Absolute went fine. They were smaller crowds. I actually had an opportunity to bring some of this merch from the box, all the, uh, some of the extra stuff. And, uh, and it sold pretty good. First night, uh, quite a few items. And then I think the second night, I forgot to even mention I was selling anything. So I put a bunch of stuff at a table in the back and nobody really came by. They came by, said hi, but they didn't realize that the stuff sitting in front of me was for sale and not just like me sitting there with a whiskey glass that of course I'd been drinking out of on stage. You know what I mean? So they're just like, well, it's just his glass, (laughs) you know, deck of cards, my notebook. They might've just thought it was my stuff unpacked on the table. Um, but yeah, so it, it went well. A lot of people picked up the the stuff, the playing cards they loved, the coffee mugs, whiskey glasses, uh, the phone stands were a big hit. So it was cool. It's cool to get some stuff in the, the hands of fans. Uh, got a few new listeners out of that too. Um, it was a it was a fun uh, it was a fun week, but but stressful. I tried two new bits um, at inopportune times. Like that's the thing too is is I'm I used to be like you know what I. I enjoy headlining, but I don't think I'm ever going to stop loving hosting. But I think that was back when I was doing predominantly crowd work and I do like doing crowd work, but I, I want to work on material and it's really hard to do in the host spot because you can talk to a table for a minute, you know, a couple of quick little lines. All right, guys, ready for your next guest, blah, blah, blah. But the, um, the, the trying to work on new shit is fucking hard, uh, from the host position. So I think that's what I like about doing middle spots and headline spots. If I'm doing 20 minutes, I can do some tried and true stuff. And then I can do, uh, you know, uh, I, I can do a new bit. If it doesn't go well, that's cool. I still have a bunch of time to, to, to rein it back in with some of the, 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 again, classic shit that I know works. So anyways, uh, a good week. Uh, I had fun. Uh, the crowds were good. There was one, one crowd was just really fucked up. They didn't like anybody. But, you know, and then after the show, they were like, that was really good. You guys, I'm like, is this like a kid's talent show where like everyone knows they sucked, but like we didn't suck. The audience sucked, but you would think we all sucked based on how the audience responded. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, oh, I also want to shout out to Liz. I don't know if she's a listener of the podcast now, but Liz picked up a journal and there was so many people standing around beside her asking me questions and stuff like that. So she bought a journal. I was like, do you want me to make it out to you? Like, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I grabbed pen. And then someone starts talking to me and I swear to God, my brain is so stupid. I, I wrote th- like, thank, I was gonna say thanks for, for the support. And I did like, thanks, but like without the K or without the N. So it was like facts. And then I immediately underlined and I go, see, this is why I'm a comedian. I'm too ADD to be able to focus on anything or something like that. Thanks, Liz you know, blah, blah, blah. It just, it just was like, okay. So the inscription is like spelling mistakes and shit like that. There you go. Um, and it was actually sweet of her too, because you know what? Um, I had the little phone wallets out with some stickers and business cards all in these little Ziploc bags. She's like, Oh, what are these? I'm like, that's ah, just some, like some swag stuff. She's like, Oh, how much is it? I go, it's pay what you can. She's like, what? And I'm like, what? dollar, $2, whatever you want. She pulls out, uh, I think $11, $11, uh, and, and like, and gives it to me. I was like, holy shit. Okay. 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 Hold on here. here if you're going to actually pay me this much, I go here, get something for it. So I gave her one of their, go take one of these, the journals. And she's like, oh, instead of this, I go, no, no, you can have them both. And that's when I was like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm going to make them out to you. 
you know, cause I basically break even at that, but that's all I'm looking to do. I'm not trying to like, Oh, I'm going to get rich off of everyone else's money. And that's like, no, I got this stuff. If this makes you happy. I break even. I get, I'm basically just trying to get back all the extra shit I had to buy for the sake of the boxes. So that was nice. A lot of people were like, well, if she wants to give you $11 for a sticker, let her pay you $11 for a sticker. And I go, I golden rule, man, treat people the way you want to be treated. I, I didn't have everything the night that she was there. I didn't have everything out on the table. I wasn't trying to make it look like it was a fucking garage sale. So it's more like people come over and if they're like, oh, what's, what are you, what are you selling? Like I could, I could also tell them, Hey, I've also got this. I've got that if you're interested, but the only things I had on the table at the time, I think were the whiskey glass and the, the pay what you can things. And that's when she asked. So I don't know. It's just like, you know, I wouldn't want to give someone 11 bucks and go, oh, I didn't realize I had, I had options. There was other things you had for sale that I could have picked instead. You know what I mean? So anyways, anyways, who cares? Whatever. Um, Hacky material. All right. I'm going to let you guys in on something about stand up comedy. It's like, it's like knowing shitty uh, workmanship or craftsmanship from a uh, contractor. So, this one here, I want to want to lean back in my chair. I'll let the chair do all the creaking first so that I can just sit here and comfortably tell you guys what a fucking hack is. All right. I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before because I know I've, I've had this conversation with people, but I don't know if I've, I've told you guys uh, what a hack is. So you'll hear people, ah, this guy's a fucking hack or whatever. This is, there's a lot of tricks to being a hack that work. There's a reason someone would choose to do hacky material. They don't do it because it fails. They do it because it works. It's a cheap trick, whatever it is. And I would say that even still like, like it's not that it's like the easy stuff. Cause for example, like you can have really good magicians. It's like, I don't, I'm sure that maybe magicians would look at a guy who's doing just card tricks and be like, guys, ah, you know, I mean, I don't think they, I don't know if they would call him a hack because I, I still, there's still skill and talent and, you know, you can still make new card tricks and be like, how the fuck did they do that? You know what I mean? So there's, there's stuff to that. Like it's, it's, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I would say that I, I would think that a magician who only does card tricks, I don't know if I would call him a, a hack. You might think, well, it's simple. Card tricks are easy, right? Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe, maybe card trick magicians are the hacks of the magic industry. I don't know. I don't think so, but here's, here's the hacky, the hacky stuff in comedy. Okay. So for example, um, here's an example of a hack joke or a hack premise. Uh, um, uh, I'll start with this one is it's all on like, who's saying it. All right. Where's my little fucking hack hack thing here. Um, there's like an example of like who's saying it. So you could be like, you know, have someone tell tells a joke and they're like, Oh my God. You know, I was walking down the street the other day and this guy comes up to me and he's like, you know, or I was talking to a guy the other day and he's like, Hey man, why don't you suck my big fat dick? And you're like, Oh, officer. You know what I mean? Or, or father, father Houlihan. You know what I mean? Like, so that's an example of a hack joke. And you might be thinking like, what, what are you talking about, Josh? Okay. What I'm trying to say is that like, if you're telling a joke and the person is just saying obscenities and it's not funny yet. Cause you're like, this is just absurd. And then you're like, Oh, but it was an officer. That's a cop said to me, Oh, oh ha, 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 a police officer shouldn't say that. Right. Or, or, Oh my God. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the priest shouldn't say that. Why don't you come over here and suck this dick? And you're like, Oh, father Houlihan. Oh, ho, ho, ho. that's, that's an example of a hack joke where, where it's not what was said that was funny. It was who's saying it. And it's a cheap trick. It doesn't, it's really doesn't take any creativity because you could just say filth. 
No, no creativity, nothing structured, you know, nicely at all, just filth. And then you go, whoa, 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 grandma, please. You know, which leads me to point number two, which is uh, where it's happening. That, that could also be the hacky part of the joke is, you know, um, in fact, I, I just watched Rob Schneider's uh, most recent special. Well, watched. I watched the first little bit of it. I certainly wasn't invested in continuing. And, and, and a perfect example of this. So um, where it happened is also an example of a hack joke. So, you know, like there's, there's guys I know that do bits about how like, oh, yeah, I cut myself, cut my testicle shaving. And then, you know, but I found, you know what, you know, some people say put baby powder, whatever, you know, and I found ice cream. You know what I mean? Ice cream. Um, you know, like you know, I, 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 I take the tub off and I dip, I dip my, my testicles right in the ice cream, da, 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 you know, and it's kind of still like, okay, maybe, maybe you're laughing at this point. And then it's like, you know, this, uh, you know, you yeah, got my, my wife looked at me like, you know, her eyes are wide and, and, and the manager at the grocery store, he was like, get out of here, you know? So like now the joke is not, the whole joke is, is not like, oh, you know, if you cut yourself shaving, how do you deal with it? It's, it's, oh, I was in a grocery store putting my testicles in the ice cream. You know what I mean? And you will hear many jokes. I'm not shitting on guys. Like there's, there's lots of guys, even guys that I love that, that still have like one joke in their act where, you know, it's just the hack fucking it's it basically it's, it's not funny until you throw in the hack thing. Like I've got a great buddy who's fucking hilarious. He's, he's been in, he has got a bonus episode on this podcast and he, he brilliant writer brilliant writer hilarious but he still had a joke where it was like somebody said something fucked up and he's like whoa 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 grandma just cut the just cut the turkey it's thanksgiving right which is an example of both the hacky things right who's saying it grandma and oh it's happening at thanksgiving dinner rob schneider's is he's saying that like you know he loves wearing sweatpants you know and because because he's it makes it so much easier to pull your dick out to go to the bathroom and and people are like laughing that i i don't find anything funny yet it's not super funny or anything. Uh, okay. Wear sweatpants because you pull your dick out. Okay. And he's like, I just, I get to the point now where like I pull it out and like, I don't even, you know, like I don't, I, before I even get to the bathroom and he's, you know, doing the, the, the thing using the mic dangling from the cord as like his flopping penis between his legs. He's like, then, then you, then you know, and you know, and you get distracted halfway to the bathroom. Now you're just standing there with your dick out, you know? You know, my wife is like, you got your dick out. You got your dick. I guess he's married to an Asian woman, but he's like, that's what he says. Or, you know, he's like, you got your dick out. You got your dick out. Pull your dick away. I'm like, wow, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm not even really listening to her. I'm just thinking to myself like, wow, I didn't know the Olive Garden had a salad bar. Oh, there's the whole joke, right? That's what's hacky about it is that now, now the, the whole joke was like, I like to pull my dick out. I wear sweatpants so I can pull my dick out. And then I pull my dick up before I get to the bathroom and then I stop and just stand there with my dick out. Oh, and this whole time we've been at the Olive Garden. Ha ha ha. Hack, hack, hack. Hack, 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 That's, that's, those are elements of a hack comic. So I'm telling you this so that when you're watching a stand-up comedy special, you know, or a comic and you hear something like that, you know, comes, you know, oh, I couldn't believe it. I was being chased by this guy and this guy comes, oh, fucking kill you, motherfucker. You're like, whoa, whoa, officer, you're supposed to help me. The whole joke is, oh, it's a, some, someone who shouldn't be saying this said it. That's, that's a hack joke, right? Um, it's not weird at all or funny, but, oh, but it was at church. Oh, it was in the grocery store. Oh, it was at the Olive Garden. You know, that's, that's a hacky joke. It doesn't take any creativity. You just go put a weird situation in a location it shouldn't happen and joke free laugh 
tricks. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, another another hacky thing is when you do a, a, a thing that's been done to death. So, for example, like airline food. Uh, I don't I don't know who who is seeing a stand up comic that has never heard the stand up. Oh, you know, airline food. Why do women always leave the toilets? You know, why do men leave the toilet seat up? You know, um, you can do a joke about these things, but you really got to have a fresh take on it. Um, Ralphie may a comic, you know, rest his soul. Um, did a, did a talk one time at the comedy store about how, if you're going to do a subject that has been done already, you better be writing the quintessential bit on that. So for example, if someone was trying to tell jokes about bacon, you would go, I'm pretty sure Jim Gaffigan, you know, nailed bacon into the ground. You could still give it a go, but he's got like seven minutes on fucking bacon. So, you know, I, I, you, you might not want to walk around that, that zone, right? I'm going to write about a joke about somebody going to get a hurt real bad. Um, yeah, I think Russell Peters has already got that. I'm just kidding. That's, that's clearly obvious. And you know why that came to mind is because... Uh, I saw Russell Peters here in Ottawa a few years ago and the guy that opened for him, no word of a lie, uh, did a 20 minute opening thing on airlines and it was everything like he's making fun of the food. He's making fun of the, you know, put your chair back in the upright position and he makes the fun of how it's like two inches. I've, I've only heard every other comedian ever of all time forever and ever, uh, do those same jokes. It was like his whole set was on um, airline stuff, the food and the, you know, did you pack your bags or something? Like, it's like, holy fuck, this shit's been done to death. And I I, I don't know the guy very well. I've only ever heard nice things, but uh, shame on you, Russell Peters, for picking your opener. Now, he, apparently Greg Rogel used to open for him. And I've seen Greg's stuff and Greg's stuff is funny. He reminds me of Todd Berry. Um, but... Uh, the, a lot of, a lot of headliners that I'll listen to, like it, it, this is another thing I'll let you behind the curtain in on stand up comedy is a lot of, uh, comedians who are picking their openers. It goes kind of one of two ways. I'm sure there's a middle one in there, but I, I bet you it's a lot less. Well, maybe there's three e- either way. Um, some guys will pick an open Oh Fuck. There's like four or five. Okay. I'm going to go through them, but the two main ones I would say, um, You've got guys who will pick an opening act that is worse than them. Like they get the job done, they're they're safe, whatever, but it's like they're worse. Or in this case, like, you know, Russell Peters opening act, hacky as fuck. Like 20 minutes on on airlines. Like, holy shit, dude. Russ, where did you find this guy? Again, shame on you. Shame on you. There's no fucking way that Russell Peterson is going to go, Oh my God, he's fucking hilarious. I've never heard this shit before. Russ picked this guy because Russ was guaranteed to be funnier than him. Okay. That's the strategy here. And we were at the Canadian tire center. So for anyone who's wondering, that's the Madison square garden of where I live. All right. So we're doing a big fucking arena. Russ has got this guy open for, and you know what the, the fucking lamest thing was, was when he was done his act, the opener, he's like, He's like, oh, God, thanks so much, guys. Uh, listen, I'm on uh, Instagram at blah, 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 blah. Follow me there. I'm, I'm on Twitter at blah, 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 blah. Uh, you could follow me. I got an album called blah, blah, blah. And he's like 
doing all this promo shit. It's like you are in an arena. There should be stuff around where you can put that up on or, or where people can see that, you know what I mean? They can literally Google it, but just say your name. Like I've never heard someone like, please follow me. And I'm, I'm on Twitter at blah, blah, blah. It's like, why? So I can hear your, like your next hack joke. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta know what you think about toilet seats, buddy. But do you have any Trump jokes? You know, what do you think of Donald Trump? I've never heard a comedian talk about Trump. That's why I don't do like political humor is because like, there's so many other people doing it. Literally millions of comedians all over the world are talking about Trump, all watching the same, what, five or six different news channels internationally. There's only so much different in places you can go to get a Trump quote or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not like we each have our own live feed and we're watching him at different times. It's like, we're all getting the same, you know, five minute speech that he made. And that's what we're picking apart to find jokes from. It's like, it's the very good odds that we're all coming up with the same material. So I don't like to risk. That's why I talk about my life on stage, right? Well, only I'm living it and there's similarities, but my stories are my stories. A lot less likely someone's going to come along and, and perjure them, you know, perjure, plagiarize. That's what I'm looking for. Perjures, you lied under oath. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I swear people in before my shows. Just, just so that I use that word accurately. From now on, in perpetuity, I will have everyone sign a wager saying that that uh, if they're to ever repeat a punchline, you know, they're never. Oh, whatever. Fuck. Still plagiarism, Josh. I thought I had something. I thought I had something about perjuring. You know, I'll make them sign a legal document. How do I make that sentence work? Who cares? All right. So, like I said, the subject's been done to death. Um, that's one that's that's really fucking hacky. Is just you know, if you're gonna do a, a subject that's been done before write the quintessential. I'll, t- I'll give you a perfect example of one that um, this joke's been done a million times. In fact, it's almost like I, I was even at one point going to do it when I was brand new to stand up. is is there's so many comedians that, that will try to do this joke because as soon as you tell somebody you're a comedian, um, they say, tell me a joke. And that has become so many comics. Oh, it's, I tell people I'm a comedian. They're like, oh, tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. And they're like, oh, really? What do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a server. Oh, cool. Get me a sandwich. No, I'm a stripper. Oh, cool. Take off your clothes. Like, of course, no one's ever like, I'm a stripper. I'm a, I'm a dancer. Say, oh, great. Um, so yeah, like you'll, you'll hear a lot of comedians do the whole, oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. That's a hacky thing. Um, just generally speaking, like there's a lot of, that's the thing with, with hack stuff is if you can look at the joke and go, where's it? Oh, sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I almost moved on from this topic and I was going to tell you the different types of of selecting your opener. So Russ picked a guy who sucks. Um, there's no argument that you could make for a guy doing 20 minute airline bit that why he, why you picked him. There's so many comics. As a matter of fact, Russell Peters used to have guys like my buddy, Frank Spadone that opened for him. And Frankie's fucking hilarious. There's nothing hack about what Frank does. And you could have had Frankie open for him. Nope. He's got the fucking this, this kid don't even remember his name. I, I hope he's quit comedy since I don't think he would opening for Russell Peters, but you know, Russ is like, Hey, come with me. I get so many blowjobs after the show that you're on because by comparison, I look so much better. Speaking of blowjobs, another type of opener that people will pick is sometimes a comic will pick a, you know, a female comedian or vice versa. Um, you know, because they're interested in, or fuck it, you know, a, a guy, gay guy, pick a guy that he's interested in or whatever it is. The whole point is that you've picked your opener because you're interested in them. Now this doesn't really happen at the world traveling arena type level, 
But you might have people just doing small little theaters and they're, they're giving someone a shot. Hey, come open for me. You, I would tell you that if you see multiple openers, right, if you're going to a soft seat, you bought a ticket for one person. And for some reason they've got like, it happens more with men. So this is the example I'm using. Please know that there's other formulas of this, but the one that I've seen the most in my career is like, I've opened for a lot of people. Um, and I, I've always appreciated the opportunity to do that. And I make sure I never do fucking hacky stuff. And I always try to bring my a game for those shows. Um, but you'll see someone and be like, I'll, I'll show up and then there'll be some, you know, good looking girl. Who's a comedian. I say with air quotes. Um, and she's like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just doing like, like six, seven minutes off the top, like an open mic spot right? Or a guest spot at a club for a soft seat theater show. And I'm like, oh, and I, and the, the guy's got me doing like 15 or 20. You know what I mean? I'm not accusing every one of these guys of this, but I've seen it happen. All I'm saying is that like, all right, so you've got a, a, a girl going to do a warm up spot. You know, you only need a, a, an opening act just to warm them up so that when you get out there, you're not like kicking it off from nothing. But this girl, she's not warming them up for you. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing the time after her. You're just giving her a spot to win favor, to be like, Hey, you know, I took you on the road or blah, 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 blah. So you see that kind of shit or to a larger extent, sometimes you just have that, that unprepared person opening. They're okay, but you could have picked anyone else. But the whole idea is that you want this person in your presence while you're on the road. You want to be able to, you know, some, you know, small little doe eyed. Oh my God, this is great. And I owe you so much. Well, if you ever want to come hang out in my hotel room, you get the idea. So that's a thing. Um, but some of the other ones, like, the, like I said, like the, I originally start with two. One is that you pick the hack. So you look better by comparison. The other option is, uh, there's guys, uh, Bill Burr is an example of this is Bill will pick guys that, uh, well, and this was actually the other example I thought of. There's two different ones, but sometimes guys just pick their buddies. I just want to hang. I just want to, if I'm gonna be on the road, I want to be with my buddy. So Burr does that. But at the same time, his thing is, I don't want to pick a guy that's like worse than me because then I don't, I don't work. I don't grow. Right. If I know I'm going to do better than this guy with minimal effort, then I'm not going to get better as a comedian. And so that's why, you know, he'll pick guys that are strong, like my buddy, Paul Verzi and, and guys like Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick. Um, he's even started picking other newer guys as these guys develop and become headliners of their own. You know, he's picking other, uh, other acts and things like that to, to come and open for him, which is incredible. Um, which is great, but it forces him to work harder. The guy before you just crushed on the opening, you got to go out and bring it and you got to work harder. You know what I mean? And I, I respect that because that's not somebody who's like, oh, let's get a bunch of hacks. That's somebody going like, no, my opening act is going to force me to, to be better. If he's good, then I got to work harder to be good. And they're here to see me. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the kick in the ass that you need. Um, I respect that. So like, like I said, you got the, the, the hacks that make you look better. You got the chick or guy that you're trying to fuck. You've got the, you know, bringing your buddies on the road. And then you've got the guys who will like bring someone who's good to force them to be better. So that's also something to look for in hacks. If you see an opening act, you're like, that guy fucking sucked. Well, you might know why. Um, it's funny. There's, um, some of you, I doubt, I doubt a lot of you would know who he is. His name's Tom Papa. Great comedian fucking great comedian. Uh, he's got a podcast called breaking bed, breaking bread with Papa. I believe it was called. Yeah. Breaking bread with Papa. Um, Tom Papa was the guy who opened for Jerry Seinfeld. Um, Papa, Tom Papa is fucking hysterical. He's got specials on Netflix. Um, 
He's clean. He's clever. He's like a Jim. Honestly, he's like a Jim Gaffigan meets, I wouldn't even say meets Seinfeld, but just some of the more clever fucking soft, soft, soft spoken. Like, I don't know. He's great. I think his special is even called you're doing fine or you're doing great. But my buddy, Paul Morrissey, who I've worked with many, many times, um, Paul now opens for Tom Papa and Paul's a great comic. You know what I mean? So like now it's like Tom Papa's the fucking name on the marquee, right? You're there to see Tom Papa. Tom Papa used to be just the, the guy you didn't know that was opening for Seinfeld, who probably crushed it before Seinfeld. Um, you know what I mean? Anyways, sorry guys. I'm trying to let you in on this hack shit and, and some behind the scenes comedy stuff. But uh, yeah, I um, that's a thing to look for with hackiness. The whole idea with hack, because sometimes people go, well, what's your definition of hack? Maybe, maybe, you know, I fuck, I, I'm not saying it's hack to have a shitty opener. I, I kind of feel like it is, but the main thing with, with, um, the hack shit, right. Is I think it's almost like every comic kind of has his own definition of what a hack is. Like all of us agree on the whole, like, Oh, grandma just cut the Turkey. It's Thanksgiving. Like it doesn't matter what I said before that. It would have been funny if I was like, this person said to me the other day, Oh, fucking, oh, I used to love having six cocks rammed in my ass. You know what I mean? You know, it's that try to get in lucky seven, lucky seven wouldn't fit though. And you're like, Whoa, grandma, it's Thanksgiving dinner, right? You get it. You get it. It's not, that's not funny. It's just profanity followed by someone who shouldn't be saying it at a time. They shouldn't be saying it. And that's what makes it funny. You it's literally like playing mad libs. It's, it's, a, it's a, and it works. People are like, Oh, oh, oh I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. It's you're, you're jingling keys in front of a toddler. It's, it's simple. There's no effort. It's, and it's pathetic. It's hacky. It's hacky. You call yourself a comic and you can't get out of that mold. Ah, ah, it makes me mad in my industry. You guys probably, you know what? I would love to know what hacky shit is in your industry. Contact at one man Tell me what, and then now you guys probably don't call them hacks, but tell me about like the cheap tricks, you know, like, do you make pizza? Do you work in a pizza parlor and there's cheap tricks that are done in the industry that you guys, you know, your place is the good place. Cause you don't use these cheap, cheap tricks, programmers, fucking carpenters. Like, tell me the fucking hack. I would love to hear that. That's not the new segment I was working on, by the way, but I would love, would love to hear about the fucking hacks in your industry. You know what I mean? What are the, what are the cheap tricks that get people applauding? Like it's something fancy and you're like, you know what? It's actually a lot, you know, better to do it this way and you're doing it right. Um, whatever, whatever that may be. Fuck. You're into crocheting. Tell me about the fucking crochet hacks. Oh, fuck. Everyone puts ducks and fucking pigs and sheep on their crochet. I do fucking pornographic scenes from the Roman times. That's fucking hard. Do you ever, you know, they have a lot of frilly and just whatever it is, whatever the fuck it is. That's what I, I would love to hear about from your industry. So my, my definition of a hack. All right. I've told you some hacky things that, that, that the community generally agrees on, but here's what my definition is of a hack is because you'll have a guy's like a guy will do a joke that doesn't fall under one of those categories. Someone's going to ask guys a fucking hack. Sometimes people do the, I look like things joke. You know what I mean? That's kind of hacky, right? Cause it gets a cheap laugh off the top. You know, I look like, so it's, excuse me, Jesus. I'm doing this right off the top of the day, guys. It's noon. So I don't know if like, I got to find the sweet spot. I wake up too early and I'm coughing and hiccuping, not yawning, but it's dusty in here. So I wake up and my system's like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dying. Um, but, uh, you know, then I do it too late and I'm yawning the whole fucking time. So I've got to find that. What's the best time to record a one man podcast. 
the people will do I look like this or I look like that joke. So you got to, you know, my buddy uh, Nick Perone, love him. And he, I, I don't think he's a fucking hack at all. But but he opens like it's just it's a cheap like the whole thing is like in comedy they say you know you got to get the audience right off the top get make them laugh right away, um and you know he will walk up and he goes and he's a big fat guy with blonde hair, you know big thick thick coke bottle glasses and he just starts says you know hey I know what you guys are thinking you know this is what what I look like I look like you know uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman fucked bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys. You know, and it gets a laugh. Why? Because he's got big glasses and he's fat blonde. It's like, it's like, yeah, it kind of looks like that, but everybody kind of looks like two people fucked. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just, it's a cheap laugh. It's not, doesn't take a lot of effort. You know what I mean? So it, it works, but that's the whole thing with being a hack is it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that it's like, come on, man, write a fucking joke. Like I'm, I, I it's so funny too, because I meant, I don't think this is hacky, but I just, I meant to. I meant to say this fucking the last three shows and I just kept forgetting because I think about it during the day. I was in the the bathroom the other day and I was just like, I, I, I've not been eating the greatest this week. I've been eating, you know, pub food at the club. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, I, uh, I know I've been eating great, you know, and I'm pretty sure I made a resolution to that. And I was thinking to myself like, huh. So the joke ended up being that I was going to tell, which I never did was, uh, how's everyone doing with their new year's resolutions, right? It's the last week of February. It's two months in. How's everyone doing with their new year's resolutions, right? Here's, here's how I'm doing with mine. Uh, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> That's literally trying to sit in the bathroom, trying to think what the fuck was my root? Oh, fuck. I can't even remember what it is. That's how well mine's going, right? So <laughs> I just thought that'd be a funny line. How's everyone's new year's resolutions going? Here's how mine's going. I don't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> so, but that's not a hack joke to me. That's an actual thought. It's actually funny to me. Right. And that, that comes down to me wrapping up this, this particular segment. Holy fuck. We're over an hour. Um, wrapping up the segment, which is just to me, a hack is somebody doing material that they themselves don't think is funny. And you might think to yourself, like, how, how do you not think it's funny? Like, how would you, why would you write material that you don't think is funny? You're like, well, cause sometimes you just go, Hey, what do you, th- what, what, what do I think the audience thinks is funny? Like I would say, think of the worst like news show in Canada. We have the CBC, the Canadian broadcasting corporation or channel or whatever the fuck it's called. And we've had a lot of like political satire shows. And a lot of these shows for years, Air Farce was the guiltiest culprit. Royal Canadian Air Farce, um, they would do the hackiest fucking jokes. I probably shit on them before. They're off the air, thank God. But they were around for a long time. Like we're talking 20 something, maybe 30 something seasons. And it was jokes that we were like, how did this ever get past the editors or off like out of the writer's room? This is so bad. Like there was a, a recurring character that was like a guy who, uh, a guy who was a cab driver and he was, I guess he was supposed to be middle Eastern or whatever. It was a, a white guy playing him fucking whitey. Right. Um, but he was playing them and like, they would just, this character would all the time. And it would just be like, Oh my God, the hackiest fucking jokes. Like, you know, some guy would be chatting in the back and he's like, oh, there's a, there's a, you know, like just several little jokes like this, that the whole skit would be like 15 of these. Oh man, there's a, there's a, a weird smell back here. Do you smell that awful smell? Yeah. Must be the liver liberal government's new bill policy. <laughs> like holy fucking hack joke. Right. It was just, it was the, the, the dumb, like, and then that was every time, every week, you know, oh, this 
You know, oh, I heard something stupid. Was it the prime minister's speech? <laughs> so jokes that like, you know that someone's not writing that going, this is, and it's like, it becomes so formulaic that like, how do you not see what's going to happen? You know what I mean? How do you not know what punchline is coming when it's the same thing every time? You know, you know, oh, I was talking to some real idiot this week and huh, must have been the head of the conservative party. <laughs> so bad, so bad. So to me, that's what I, that's an example of like, what's a joke, like a joke that you don't think is funny. There's no way a writer is writing the same joke week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out and thinking, oh man, this is going to crush. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's so funny. So for me, if I'm, I've had, I've even coached young comics, like when they're starting up and like, I'll, you know, they're like, when can you watch my set and give me advice? Right. And they'll go up and they'll do jokes kind of similar to that. Like, uh, there was one guy who was like. Uh, there was the, there was this head of a political party who turned out to be gay and, you know, uh, they, they were, you know, somebody, somebody made a joke about like, you know, anal sex or whatever. And he's like, I thought the only people getting fucked in the ass on parliament Hill were the taxpayers, you know? And then like, no laugh, you know, it's like, he's like, well, I thought, you know, I thought they'd think it was funny. I go, you, I like, as I was, I was asking, I was like, did you, I go, did that, that getting fucked in the, you know, taxpayers are getting fucked in the ass. I go, did, did you think that that was funny? And he goes, well, I thought, I thought the audience would like it. And I go, yeah, but did you think it was funny? He's like, not really. And I go, well, there you go. It comes down to that old salesman thing is like a salesman can't sell a product that he himself doesn't believe in. You can try and you might have scumbag scam artists, but the whole idea is that you, you yourself, even to be a scumbag salesman, you still have to build value in it yourself, even if you don't want it or whatever, but in order to sell it, you got to be able to present a case that it has value. So to, you have to look for value in it in order to sell that value. So the whole idea is if you're just writing a joke and you're like, meh. I guess like it's, and it really guys, the same aspect comes down to, you know, if you're doing anything, like if you look at something and go, Oh, I fucked that up, you know, and you stop and think, well, I could fix it, but it's going to take me like 15 minutes. If you just go, man, fuck, forget about it. Just leave it. Like, I guess that's the closest thing to being a hack. But even then, like I would say that you're probably trying to do it right. And if you notice a mistake, like shit happens, but just sometimes people do something or even when they're starting right from the get go, they hit a crossroads and they're like, I can, it's going to take me about 15 minutes longer to do this, like solid and safe, whatever. But I'm like, eh, if I just do it this way, it's probably good enough. Well, probably good enough is, is the, the hack version of a comedian, you know, not really trying that hard. Just, ah, it'll work, right? It'll work. There you go. It'll work. But you know, are you making something good or are you making something that'll work? Are you, are you fucking Amazon or are you wish Amazon's evil, bad example, but you know what I'm saying, right? Do you want to be selling the products that are good, have warranties that are made well, or do you want to be like, ah, we saw what real companies were doing and we knocked it off to the cheapest way possible. Huh? Huh? Me too, right? Get me. I'm cheaper. Um, I really got to move off. Fuck hacks. Fuck hacks. Guys, who are the hacks in your industry? Really would like to know. Tell me some hack shit. Tell me some hacky shit. Tell me how you're doing it right. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Moving on. Um, let's do this uh, new segment. Let's talk about the new segment. Uh, as much as I just kind of maybe started two new segments there, um, I wanted to um, I wanted to uh, uh, do this in case. So like I told you guys, I was watching uh, Breaking Bad with my mom. And so my mom's like, Hey, you know, if you want to come over and watch a couple episodes, she's like, you want to get a pizza or something? I was like, sure. So I, um, 
I told her like, this was like after one of the shows, one of the evenings, right? Every night I was doing shows. And uh, I said, if you want to give them a call and order it, I'll, I'll pick it up on my way to your place. And she's like, okay. So I, I just, when I, when I'm driving towards the pizza, I give my mom a call say, okay, I'm on my way now. I'm going to go pick it up. I'll chat with you soon. And she's like, yeah, she's telling me the story. Okay. We went to a, we went to a place called, uh, we, I went to a place called Milano's. It's a pizza spot. Um, and, uh, this one's on Merivale. Okay. Merivale in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, where I live Milano's pizza. This was about 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. And she called, uh, she called them and my mom's late sixties. So, you know, like your, your, your shit, you're not quick. I'm fucking, I stutter. I got like a bunch of shit on my mind and I, I stutter and I stammer and I forget what I was trying to say and shit at times. So my mom's like calls them up and she's like, she knows she wants a meat lovers pizza, but you know, meat lovers is one price. And the guy's like, you know, she, she the guy's like, we got a three topping special. So she's, she's, she's like, okay, I'll have uh you know, pepperoni and, uh, and you know, uh, meat or what is it? I think she ordered meatballs. I think she was just confused, but she's like, she's like, I think she's like pepperoni bacon. And then, um, and then she's trying to like, think of the other meats that you get on pizzas. Right. And she's old. And the guy says like, she's like, um, and she's trying to think the guy goes, I know what you're doing. I know you're just wasting my time. Don't call here anymore. If you want pizza, go online and order it. And then hangs up on her. And I was like, that's fucking shitty. You know what I mean? Like, like first off, let's just start with it's quarantine or whatever lockdown pandemic, whatever you want to call it. You can't, um, nobody should be able to talk to any of their customers like that ever. Generally speaking, I'm not, I'm not a Karen. I'm not like going to call the manager and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that like the whole point is like, like everyone's needs their business that they're getting. You can't be mouthing off at your customers. This guy mouthed off at my mom. And the whole thing is just, she's a little older and she's trying to remember what the toppings are. She's, he wasn't listing them for her. And then she had to pick them. He's just sitting there waiting. He goes, you're wasting my time. Don't call here anymore. If you want to order, order online. So that was shitty. That was shitty to make my mom feel bad for that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not a Karen. I'm not gonna be like, Oh, he elder Shane. Like I'm not, there's so many people looking to like attach some sort of hashtag to whatever's going on. She's, she's just older and she doesn't processes fast. She was trying to think of the toppings. This guy was incredibly impatient with her. And he was rude to her. And who, what fucking moron? Like he thought it was a kid. That's what my mom said. Like, I think he thinks I was a kid prank calling or something, but even still like you, you can't take that gamble. You know what I mean? And, and at the same time, like who are you to fucking make somebody feel shitty, right? It's a senior citizen. How helpful is that to tell a senior citizen to fucking, you know, go, uh, go online. Like that's going to be easier. They just struggled to say the words. They're going to go online and, and place an order. Very rude, very rude. So then I, I said to her, I'm like, well, let's fuck that guy. You know, I'm like, fuck him. So I, I, I go into the place and I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to say something to somebody, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. What a piece of shit. I'm just not going to order from here again. Um, I, I say, Hey, I'm here for pickup. And I was like, okay, like, doesn't, doesn't really like, you know, wasn't really friendly or anything like that. You don't have to be I just go, Hey there. He goes, yeah, what's up? I'm like, I'm uh, here for pickup. Grabs the pizza off the top of the stove. This one here. Yeah. Perfect. And I go, uh, uh debit credit shirt punches it in like nothing, nothing bad or anything like that. And then he walks over to the cook and he's like, you'll this blah, blah, blah. He's talking to the guy. And this is like, I tapped it. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to tip him either, but I feel like a piece of shit. So I'm just like, I gave him a buck on the pickup. And, uh, 
I'm standing there waiting for him to take the receipt, right? I have the pizza. I can I can just take the pizza off the counter and leave. But I'm just like, I'm not going to walk out. Like, yeah, are you happy with that? And it you know, goes through on your machine. You're happy, whatever. And he's like, yo, I'll fucking kick his ass. I told him, don't do, 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 do that again. I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up, buddy. I'll fuck you. I don't even give a shit, man. You're a piece of shit. Saying all that, I can hear him. I don't mean like he's down the hall and thinks I can't. He's five feet away from me saying this shit. I'm standing here waiting. The receipts have printed. I'm waiting for him to be like, Kate, thumbs up. I'm like standing there. I even stand there, put my thumb up, waiting for him to turn around. Finally, he turns around. Okay, man, yeah, later. Like, it's just like, dude. So the guy's unprofessional, big time, that was working there, answering the phones or whatever. And I was like, I was really bummed out that I was like, man, there's a lot of businesses that would have been more than happy to take our our, our business that evening. And... There sucks that there's businesses like this that are like, yeah, fuck everybody. I went on to, uh, I'm not one to like write a review, but I, I tried calling, um, I was going to talk to the owner and just be like, look, I want to be constructive, not destructive, but like you got an employee that's treating people like shit. I went on to the, the Google thing and I read the Google reviews and a lot of people had the same complaint that someone told them to fuck off, uh, that, that a delivery guy just kept their change, didn't offer it back or anything, just took their money and walked away. Um, food, food showing up cold and, and undercooked and, and everyone's saying like, well, what do you expect for this amount of money or whatever? Like, like, and their stuff's not cheap. So it was just, it was rude. Like they're very rude. So my new segment is you guys know over the years I've had partners and I love my partners. I don't partner with, with companies I don't like. Right. And if I have friends who are, are working on something or have a business, something like that, I am happy to plug them. People who are good. Like that's what I'm saying too. Like, don't be a fucking hack. All right. But if you, uh, you know, but if you're a business that shits on people, then maybe you don't deserve a plug. Maybe you deserve an unplug. Mm? And I, this week I, I intend to unplug this Milano's location. So Milano's on Merivale in Ottawa. Um, they have had many, and it's funny too, because I, I read the review. This is fair. And I'll, and I'll tell you my criteria for yours. Um, I, I read the reviews. I went into the store and I offered an opportunity, like, you know what I mean? I was nice that they were, they were rude to my mom. And then they were unprofessional when I was there. The food wasn't great. Um, my mom actually had diarrhea the next day. She's like, do you get diarrhea too? And I'm like, no, but I'm like, I also didn't eat those weird meatballs that were on the top. I don't know why my mom ordered meatballs on pizza. That was weird. But, but probably because she felt under pressure because she said she called back. And ordered, but she had to like, we're sitting right down everything so that she, this guy didn't yell at her or whatever on the phone. So, so, but so I guess she went pepperoni. I don't remember what the other thing is. Pepperoni, ham and meatballs. I was like, that's weird. She's like, well, I already have like ready crisp bacon. I'll just put that. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. But so again, this is the mindset of the person, this, but it's just, they're trying to give you business, right? You don't need to be rude to them. So I, I gave them a couple opportunities and I read their reviews. A lot of people had the same experience. Um, and in reading the reviews, the only time the business responded to the review was when they said, oh, it was great pizza. Thanks. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for saying. Never responded to any of the negative reviews. Now, some of them were like, food was gross, one star. That's not fair. Right? And I, I even gave them two stars because I was like, I'm not going to just give them one star for just one experience. My parents have ordered from there before and it was fine. They liked it. So you get that, but I go, but you lose one star for being rude to my mom. You lose one star for being unprofessional to me and you lose one star for making food that gave us diarrhea. I didn't get the diarrhea, but I didn't eat the fucking meatballs. So it's just like, yeah, that's a fair system. Like I, I have, it's, it was the same thing when I was, if I would take the, the drive as an Uber passenger, 
right? It's like, I don't just give a guy one star because like he told a shitty joke or he took a wrong turn or something. You know what I mean? Like you got to have a criteria, you know, was he polite? Okay. That's a star. Was he, was he courteous? You know, I don't know about the same thing, but you know, was the car clean or whatever? Yeah. Perfect. You know, did he, did he let me sit wherever I wanted? Uh, was, you know, I, I, I'll, I'm a chatter. I'll chat, you know, I'm in your car. I don't want to feel like I'm just sitting here with, you know, so, you know, where's, where were you polite in conversation and you know, whatever, you know, but if, but it's like, it's the same thing to take stars off. You know, if you're, if you're being rude, you know, if you're telling me that I have to tip you and things like that, like, it's just kind of like you, instead of just being the person who's like, I had one bad experience, one star. It's like, well, you're hurting that business. And have you really broken down kind of what happened? So like I said, you know, you facilitate, she's not on the phone giggling and there's another voice in the background. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay. Uh, can I have a poop, poop on the pizza? Like that's what a crank call sounds like. So I don't know. I was just pissed off that there was that. So the, my, my segment here, what I'm getting at is unplugged. So I, I went through this. They, they shit on other customers. The customers leave reviews. They don't try to make it right. Um, several people said the same thing. It's like, we're, what do you want? We're busy. Like shit like that when they're trying to place an order and it's like, hurry up and things like, it's like, fuck you. You don't deserve our business. So I don't care where you are in the world. I really don't care where you are in the world. I obviously like, I'm not like, Hey, British people don't buy from this Milano's pizza in Canada. Like you're, you're never going to make that, but I'm giving my grievance a voice. All right. And I will give yours a voice. I don't give a fuck. If you're like Budapest, you're like, yo, don't go to fucking this guy's, you know, shack or whatever it is. <laughs> Budapest. What do I know about Budapest? I'm not even trying to say shack. I'm thinking like, like a small, what kind of food do they serve there? Like food cart shack and, you know, whole, we have shack food shacks here. I'm not trying to, you know, be culturally insensitive. All right. If we're in fucking Philadelphia. Don't go to, to, to Bob's cheesesteak. You know, I'm not saying we're just going to unplug needlessly. So here's my criteria. All right. I'm not, uh, send me, send me a write up. Don't say this place sucks. Boom. I'm not rapid fire unplug. I want to hear the story. I want to hear what happened. So email me the story of a place. Okay. You can give me all the details you want. We can say who they are, what, what their address is. I'll fucking give their phone number. If they're treating my, my onesies badly, we can do that. You know, email address. I don't give a shit. We'll, we'll do that. I'm not saying fucking go and bomb the place, but I'm saying that like, I'm more than happy to, you know, if they're, if they're going to be a, a business in public, they're going to treat people poorly. We will publicly unplug them. We will let them know, Hey, this business is not one that you should support. This one treats the people bad, but I want to hear the story. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to unplug a coffee shop because they took a minute longer one day or they, or they missed your order by accident. Okay. That's, that's an accident. Mistakes happen. All right. I don't care. You know, every now and again, I'm going to get a pizza that's a little overcooked or something at a place. I'm not unplugging them for that. Mistakes happen. We're all humans. I'm, I'm talking about a business that has an opportunity to make it right and blatantly chooses not to. They were rude to you. That's a choice. Accidents happen. Nobody's getting unplugged for an accident, but this guy chose to be rude to my mother. This guy chose to ignore me while he was swearing and stuff like that in the place. You go online, you read the reviews. The customers have been saying this for a while. They choose only to respond to the people who are praising them. So they take no accountability for their shitty actions or their employees. You're getting unplugged. 
All right. Milano's M I L A N O S pizza. I even tried to go to their corporate, um, like the franchisee, whatever website. And there's a contact us form and I filled everything out. I wrote the whole story down and told them what happened. I go, I'm just, I'm not trying I don't want anything for free. I'm just hoping this can be a teachable moment. All of us as business owners can't afford to lose business during this time. We got to treat everybody who's willing to spend their, their lesser money, right? We're all making less for the most part. Um, we need to, to be smarter with our money and, and, you know, we can't have people deciding not to spend their money in our business, blah, blah, blah. I hit send and it's like, it's like, there's an error with our website, you know, message not sent, try again later. And it's like, I just typed out like a fucking 15 minute thing, you know, politely and everything like that, making edits, being very, very kind, professional. So I was like, fuck, you know what I go, they just don't give a fuck at any way. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like they disabled it because they're getting so much fucking complaint mail. No phone number, by the way, no phone number and no email address. You can only contact through this form. So how about that? Um, so there you go, guys. Unplug. If you want to send me something, I, I, I don't want, you know, a minor inconvenience on your part. You had to wait 20 minutes in a fucking drive through line because it was busy. Like that's not places get busy, but when somebody actively chooses to treat you badly, somebody screws you, somebody does something, you give them an opportunity to make it right. And they don't. Right on my, on my exclusive bonus episode, guys, I tell you about, um, the job that I had, I got fired from the job that I had when I started stand up. I tell you why there was a person there that I, I, I made a mistake. Um, I chose to make the mistake, but I actually at the time didn't feel like that person would ever find out. Um, like I didn't feel like not that they would ever find out, but it was just because that sounds malicious. Like I did, I, I wronged them and I just didn't think they'd find out. It's basically like, um, I did them a favor and I was entering information into the computer that they theoretically would never see. So I was just trying to fast track it through because this person was awful to me. They were, they were the worst. Then they found out about it. They got me, they had an opportunity to make it right. And they didn't, they went past me. They were just after my job. That's not okay. So again, we're not, we're not trying to hurt people because we're in a bad mood. All right. We are trying to make sure that other people don't get hurt by a place that blatantly decides to fuck people. So you got fucked over by a contractor, whatever you, you had a place treat you like garbage. They, they sold you something that broke and they wouldn't, they wouldn't get you a new one or whatever. Again, you can't buy a TV, smash it and then say, oh, it's, you know, they wouldn't take it back. You know, right. Wait, like that's what I'm saying. You tell me the story. I would love to hear it. And I will give your grievance a voice beyond just a, a Yelp review or something like that. All right. You won't get lost in the noise here. Your story will be told contact at one man You can put unplug in the subject line. If you want, I'm really hoping to get an, a, a few unplugs from you guys. This is one that just, it's not to be malicious. It's just, like I said, you know, um, it sucks when we feel taken advantage of and it sucks when people, you know, treat people we care about poorly. You know, and sometimes it's like, there's no recourse. Well, I will give you a voice. I will give you a voice. And, uh, and like I said, all I ask is that you're, um, fair and honest about it. And, and you give me the details. Cause if I don't get the details, like, oh, this coffee shop sucks, you know, coffee tastes bad. Then don't go there. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't tell you to go fuck yourself or whatever. Just, you don't like their coffee. No, go there, you know, but someone took your money and they fucked you over. Okay. That's yeah. Tell me the story. Let's, let's, uh, let's make sure that nobody else ever gets taken advantage of. Let's throw some fucking shade at him. Huh? All right. Unplug. There we go. Um, 
the 200, speaking of emails, guys, the 200th episode is coming up next week. Send me something, anything. I don't care. I'd love to know where you first heard the podcast. Are you one of my onesies who've been for, coming from the get-go or are you somebody who's just uh, stumbled upon it from a YouTube link or, or a suggestion from a friend or, or you met me at a show one time, you started listening midway. Love to hear that from you guys. Would love to know how you you know, uh, first got involved in this. I had a few other things that happened this week, guys, that have been weighing heavily on me, but it's not my place to say. Um, uh, fuck a lot. Yeah. Like I said, it's not just the shows, not just the getting ready for the just the last things, not just the editing, not just the boxing, not just the delivering and the mailing and, and, uh, whatever it's, it's, I've, I've got, um, yeah, I, I had something happen. I'm sorry. I, I won't, I won't talk about it, but, um, I had something happen this week and, um, and it just, it just stirred up old shit. And now I gotta, I gotta dig deep and, and, and be strong. I'm, um, yeah. And like I said too, on top of that, I still have the pain in my chest, which like some days I'm like, Oh, it feels like it's getting better. And then the next day I'll, I'll cough and I'll go, Oh, this kind of feels like, like it was early on, you know, I now have like a soreness that's like moving down into like the side of my like ribs, you know, like from where like his first was like left pectoral muscle. Now it's kind of like moving down under my armpit into like the rib area still in the first spot, just moving more. And it's moving like, kind of like up my neck into like my collarbone area. It's just like a stiff muscle pain, right? Uh, it hurts when I blow my nose hurts when I cough, but I can, uh, I did something earlier and I can't remember what it was like hiccup didn't hurt. Uh, but that's more of like internal stuff. There's, there was another like thing that I was trying to remember what it was that I did like, and it's that, that didn't hurt. Like, like spitting doesn't hurt. I guess it's a different set of muscles or whatever. But, um, before it was like, I felt nothing until I coughed. Now I'm kind of feeling like a soreness in general. I hope that means it's healing. Who knows? But it's been like four weeks now. Um, but like I said, what I read online is some of these other ones. I'm also like pretty sedentary. Um, so I'm not getting a ton of like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to like, let it rest. Right. I'm thinking like, oh, do I let it rest? But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, or am I making it worse? Because I'm not trying to like exercise a little bit and get the blood flowing. Like anyways, um, I will tell you this one thing that, that, that happened though, this week is all part of my week guys is, um, I, uh, I was, was reaching out to my friend Tiff. As I mentioned, my friend Tiff was in a situation that, uh, was not good. And, uh, I went to pick her up. I brought her back here to Ottawa to stay with her aunt. So she'd have a safe place and running water and things like that. And, uh, and then we spoke like a day or two later, like Tiff was calling me early mornings, early mornings for me, like 8am, 9am. And, um, which is fine. It's just, I was sleeping. I was getting up at like 11 or 12 cause I was having late nights. Um, but I was, uh, I, I wouldn't, didn't really get a chance to, to touch base with her, see how she's doing or whatever. And, and then at one point, you know, this is my friend. So at one point I reached out and said like earlier in the weekend, I was like, Hey, if you want to come to a show this weekend, like it's an excuse to get out. This is somebody who has been quite literally trapped in a trailer for like months and months and months and months, if not like a year or so, and just nowhere to go. Right. So I was like, if you want, um, you know, I'll come get you and you can come see one of my shows. Like just an excuse to get out. It's on me. We'll get you a ticket, like no charge. And she like messaged, like just texts me back. Like she wasn't taking my calls and then just texts me back and saying like, I have to, she's like, oh, it's very sweet, but I decline. I have to decline the, the invite, you know? And I was like, that's weird. And a weird way of phrasing it too. You know what I mean? Like it felt like it was sterile kind of like keeping it away. So I was just like, all right, whatever. Again, this is me like trying to show my friend that like, Hey, things can be better than the situation that you're in. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's fun. Come and have some laughs. It's gonna be a great time. You know, just treat yourself to something fun to do. Anyways, um, 
Tiff, uh, I, I heard her, like, didn't get a chance to chat with her. I heard her new uh, episode that she put out of her podcast on Saturday morning, which she had recorded Friday night. And uh, it was basically saying that, um, you know, she, her husband was coming to pick her up, um, you know, uh, the, on such and such a day or whatever, or sorry, the next morning, I apologize. You know, her, her trip has, has, you know, it's been, been a little fun, but she's got to like, she didn't realize how much, uh, you know, like the kids would miss their dad or whatever. It's not like, again, it's not like she stole them from him or whatever. It's just like, this is a trip. He knows where they are. Like they're in touch. But it was, it was very quickly realized to me that like, oh, she's just going back. She's like, yeah, he's coming to pick me up in the morning and we're going home. It's like, so what was originally supposed to be at least a couple of weeks to herself, I think maybe it was just, just over a week. You know, I picked her up on Thursday. She was, she was already on her way home Saturday morning. So she got there Thursday evening was on her way home Saturday morning. So she maybe had, yeah, eight days, like a double Friday basically. Um, and then back home, uh, I listened to her, her little, she did a little tidbit, uh, not long afterwards, just saying like came home and you know, the things that I asked to be done were not done. And I'm disappointed and, you know, like it was, it was unfortunate and I'm not trying to try to overshare or, or overstep or anything like that. But the idea was, you know, in her, in her little podcast about how I'm going to be, you know, I'm going home tomorrow and I'm going to set boundaries and I'm going to, you know, stand up for myself and all this stuff. And then to hear, you know, I went home and nothing has changed and now she's trapped again. Um, it's just, uh, it's just disappointing. Um, you know, um, I'm, uh, it's, it's weird. It's a weird situation. So here's the thing. Um, I'm happy to help people that want help. You know what I see? I mean, like I said, I spent a day in my life and, and I, I took care of the, 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 you know, I basically spent a tank of gas picking her up and dropping her off, which I don't, I don't mind if I'm helping somebody, of course, you know, like, let me help you. If you can't help yourself and I can, I was in a position where I, I could do that. Um, it's just disappointing for it to be all for nothing. And I, uh, and that's, and that is what I mean. Uh, I truly believe, I believe it was all for nothing. Um, because it's right back to where, cause like I said, as soon as she put it, just a little five minute thing about what it was like to be home. And it was like, like, yeah, it was all for nothing. Um, it's just like, she's disappointed. You know, what she asked for wasn't there. There's no changes. I didn't hear anything about setting boundaries or having a chat about it. things are gonna be different. It was just like, I just came home and I'm unhappy. And it's like, all right, well, that's that. You know, so, um, it, it just trying to process rather than just being angry. And I'm like, who am I angry for? Like, well, anger is fear. So my fear is that, you know, um, my friend is still just back in a relationship and, and, and back in a bad situation and just staying that way right back there. Cause I know that I'm not going to be in any particular hurry to, to go and do that again. Um, you know, I, I've been very, very busy as of late. So to take a day out is tough. The thing too, is it's frustrating. Cause like, um, I'm trying to say that, like, I'm not trying to be a prick about this. I'm trying to be very honest about my feelings in the matter is that I'm sure a lot of us have people in our lives that we care about and that we would metaphorically spend a day in a tank of gas trying to help. The only thing is that people, you can't, you can't, you know, that old line, you can't save everybody. The truth is you can't save anybody. You can only change yourself. You can't change anybody else. So my frustration comes from the fact that I, I believe for the time being that, that nothing's going to change for my friend. Maybe 10 years from now or 20 years from now, maybe she'll be, you know, an old woman in her bed and it's like, oh, I, I should have left. You know what I mean? 
one day our kids will say like, why did you stay? Well, you know, we did it for you guys or whatever. And it's like, you were so unhappy. So my anger and frustration comes from the fear that my friend is going to stay in a bad relationship. But here's the thing. You also have to be honest with yourself is like, well, how many of us know people in abusive relationships? How many people are, are in abusive relationships and don't have the strength to get out of it? You think that, you, you know, there, there isn't something better for you out there. Maybe this is the best that you can get. And is this better than being alone, right? Which is kind of the underlying fear in all of us is that fear of being alone, right? So like, am I willing to like have a husband who bitches at me every now and again because the laundry, you know, isn't done or the, you know, the, the trailer's a mess, you know, is that better than being alone? Okay. So we make those compromises rather than realizing like, you know what? I actually have value. I'm a good person and a lot of people like me. And I can find someone who appreciates me. You know what I mean? Like that's a thing that's out there. And, and a lot of us can't get past that. And we know people that can't get past that. So what I kind of had to tell myself is like, you know what? Not everybody who's in a, a an abusive relationship like that, um, can, uh, can afford to just, you know, uh, well, it's not that can afford, but it's just like, not everyone who's in a relationship like that just gets out of it. Oh yeah. You, 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 you come and you pick them up and you drive them away and they're, they're safe now, you know? And I was still, you know, and, and that's not all I was willing to do. I was willing to help. And like I said, Hey, my, my advice to my friend was, Hey, take this week and use it to figure out what you want out of this. And I, I'm disappointed because I feel like they just came hung out for a little bit and then just went back home. It was like, it was like going to a hotel for a week. So you didn't, nothing moved forward. But again, like, it's not my life. I'm just kind of at a point in mind where I have lots of problems of my own still. I'm trying to be a better person. Um, I'm still working hard on just recognizing what all my problems are because again, the first step in solving a problem is recognizing there is one. I know so many people in my life who nothing's ever their fault. You ask them about anything, nothing is ever their fault. They, they, you, you can watch it happen and it's blatantly their fault. And it wasn't their fault. It was some other thing, you know, da 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 this happens and that's, I'm like, yeah, da 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 is not, is not an excuse. You know, like what, you know, what, where was your part in this? Whomever it is, you know what I mean? A lot of people are just very unaccountable, you know? And that's like, I think I've talked about this in the podcast before. It's like, you can't work with somebody who's, who's not accountable. Right. Cause you can't teach someone. They can't learn when it's never their fault. Well, what am I supposed to learn? It was my fault. Okay, great. Where someone, I'm sorry, I made the mistake. I apologize and it won't happen again. Great. They recognize it. They reflect on it. They want to improve. I can work with that. But I'm, like I said, I'm not saying I'm any better. The only thing that I got going for me is that when something is my problem, I'll recognize that it's my problem. You know, I'm not out here every day saying that the fucking sky is falling or that the, you know, there's some dark force that's, that's making my life shit. You know, when I work hard on something, I get the results. When I don't, I don't, you know, the harder I work on this podcast, uh, the better episodes I have. This one, I tried to prepare a little bit just in terms of talking subjects. Like I said, I'm still working hard next episode, guys, 200. It's going to be real good, real fucking good. Excited for it. Really am. Um, but, uh, I just think. It's just like, look, if people in abusive relationships, it was as easy as picking them up and driving them somewhere else. There wouldn't be anybody in, you know, there would be way less people in them. It's sad um, that people are in that. It's sad when we don't think we deserve better. I was in a relationship where I deserved better. I wasn't a perfect person, but I, I wasn't getting what I was giving. Okay. I was loyal. 
I wanted to be in it. I was trying to be a better partner. The other person was trying to push me away, which basically, um, I'm not saying that they knew it. And that's the thing. A lot of us don't know when we're hurting other people. I certainly was, was not good in relationships before too. And I know the negative shit that I brought to the table and, and upon reflection going like, wow, that's, that was a real shitty way to be. Right. And I decided I'm not going to be that anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take my insecurities and my angers and use them to hurt people that are not responsible for them. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's not fair, you know, but it takes learning. It takes self-reflection to, to realize that. And so, you know, but my, my relationship that I was in that, uh, you know, was, was, um, it, it was emotionally abusive. Not that they were trying to abuse me emotionally. It's just that when you're, when you're reinforced all the time that you're not worth you know, being a part of things. You're not worth, uh, you know, having that person included in your life. You're not worth uh, building a life with. You're not worth having goals set with. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is, guys. If you're in a relationship and you're just like, I'm just trying to move forward with this thing. I care about you. I want to be with you. And this person is habitually holding you back. The thing is like with certain codependencies and stuff, you, you don't go, wow, this person's not being fair to me. You go, wow, why am I not good enough to do these things with? You start to internalize it and you put it on yourself and it's not, you know, it's, it's not your fault. Now, here's the thing too. Sometimes this person doesn't want to move forward with things with you because of, of legitimate reasons. Do you know what I mean? But in that case, you know, that person should end things because it's not fair to keep someone just stringing them along, waiting until something better comes along. Right. That's not fair. That's, that's using somebody. I'm going to use you until I find something better. And then I'm going to get rid of you. Right. When the other person is actively saying like, Hey, I want to move forward things. Right. I I've known a lot of people like that. We're listening here. I'm, I'm going all over the fucking place, but I'm trying to say my friend, my friend deserves better. That's all. Um, I, I came to the conclusion that I, I deserve better after a long time of being out of the relationship, trying to figure out why wasn't I good enough? Why wasn't I good enough? I, I went to therapy and I found out, Oh, it wasn't my fault. You know what I mean? Sometimes people just don't want to, I'm going to, I'm going to give my buddies, my little, uh, my little, my New York peckers, uh, a little shout out here. So here's something that happened this week too. Um, my buddy, Richard, I'm not, I'm not putting him on blast. Richard's a nice kid. He's, uh, very introverted and, um, and rich, like, like, like introverted, but like, he's just, he's just kind of quiet, like socially awkward. He's not weird. He's just a little socially awkward, kind of quiet, kind of shy. Well, he was chatting with, um, you know, he's, he's been in a couple little relationships over this quarantine here and he was dating someone for a while that was like, that was basically kind of playing games with him. All right. So for example, like look, literally and figuratively, they used to play video games together during quarantine and, you know, we're dating. So it was like, it was this, this person was certainly using him for attention. Here's how I back up my thesis. Um, he, uh, you know, he was interested in her you know, and she would flirt with him. But then when he would say like, Hey, you know, like if he, if he was like, Hey, you know, you want to date or something like he doesn't, I don't know how we would say it. Cause he's not really forward like that. But, um, whenever we would, it would like, Hey, like, you know, try to lead towards more. She would be like, no, you know, I'm not really interested. Like you're more of a friend or whatever, da, da, da. And then his interest in her naturally would, would start to diminish and, and he would pull away. Oh, I'm not going to pursue you. You've told me there's nothing there. But then as soon as his interest pulls away, she decides that she's interested in him again and starts saying, you know, you're really cute. I think you're really handsome. And the, like, it's all that shit to like hook him back in. And then he, you know, and then he would pursue, right? Uh, I, I definitely relate to that. I definitely, definitely, definitely relate to that. Um, 
And the whole idea is like, okay, so eventually they actually, shockingly, uh, became a couple. Eventually she, like, I guess he was like ready to pull away and, and maybe that's what she felt she had to do to keep him in her life or to keep his attention. So they started to date, but then it was like, then out of nowhere, she's like, needs a break. And, you know, I don't know where this, I don't know if this is going, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like his, his demeanor and his shit never changed. He was the same throughout, um, and, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not interested. And this is, we're talking teenagers here, guys, like 18 year olds. So that that's, you're still just trying to learn how to, how to fucking function as a human being in a relationship, let alone getting it right. Like, it's so funny at their age, they still have so many bad relationships ahead of them to learn what they like, what they're willing to accept, all that shit going forward. So it's just so funny to me in retrospect, finally becoming the kind of person going like, I know what I'm willing to accept and I know what I'm not. To, to look back and just go, oh man, you still have that fucking minefield to navigate. I just kept telling them, wrap it up, dude. If you're going to fucking hit that, wrap it up so fucking hard. Cause the last thing you want to do is to get her pregnant and be shackled to this person for the rest of your life. And all those hopes and dreams are gone because you just got to get a job at Walmart to support your fucking family. Oh, our dicks get us in trouble. The one mistake I have not made in my entire life. Fuck me. I, and I made all the other ones, all of them. I don't think murders, I don't think murders like would quantify as a mistake. That's a massive crime, but yeah, haven't murdered anybody. And I never got anyone pregnant when I was young. Um, I did get my ex pregnant and then we lost the child to an ectopic pregnancy. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that one's not on me. That was not on me. It's the guy upstairs. Talk to him. All right. Send your emails to that guy. Um, you think he owns God.com? I would imagine that he would get the .com on that one. God.com. That's, that's gotta be a fucking website. I'm going to, I'm going to look later. Um, it's, uh, this podcast is already long enough. I don't need to fucking add a new thing. Plus I still have a couple of emails to read. Huh? Thanks for the emails guys. Um, what was I going to say? The, um, the main thing with Rich was, like I said, like the, the relationship ended, he was bummed out, right? She was just like, oh, you know, it's, I'm, I don't think it's working. And there's, it's not basically, I can't remember the exact, uh, phrasing and I can't remember what the exact, uh, context was. Um, he told me about it and all, all I remember was immediately going like, oh yeah, that's her blaming you for why the relationship is ending. Instead of her just going like, I'm bored and I want something else. It's this cunty, and I'm sorry, I don't use that word very often. It's this cunty thing where you blame, you scumbag, you fucking scumbag. And I'm talking to everyone who's ever done this to somebody. Maybe you've since repented and uh, repented, you know, you've, you've, you know, had remorse and you've apologized fine. But this, this notion that somebody will use you and then throw you away and not have the balls to back to the accountability. They don't have the balls to take the accountability for it. And instead of being like, I I'm sorry, I used you. I'm just not interested in anymore. And I just, you know, I'm sorry if it hurts you, but I just don't want to be in this anymore. Instead, they make it your fault. Fucking scumbags, scumbags to try to blame somebody that cares about them uh, for why the relationship ends. And, you know, cause you know what you do to them at that point is they take this baggage on now of like, why wasn't I good enough? What did I do wrong? You did nothing wrong. You were just loyal to a fucking scumbag. That's what happened. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. So then get this gets into, uh, you know, uh, a month or so later starts chatting with this other chick. No problem. 
little cutie. They're having nice conversations. He's telling me that like they're having like very sexual conversations uh, instigated by her. I can tell you right now, knowing Rich, there's no way he's instigating that shit. And then uh, and then he just sends me like kind of out of the blue one day. Um, and he's like, things are going well. He's like, yeah, I can't see your, yeah, no, I keep saying like, Hey, do you want to get together? Cause she lives in this town and she's like, Oh, I can't, I live with my brother and I, I'll be getting my own place and then we can visit. And I was like, and you, I don't know if you guys are thinking the same thing, you know, hearing that as me as I'm like, yeah, this is someone who's getting attention from them. She's got an excuse for why they can't get together, but she's getting her little, her little cyber sex or fucking sex thing or whatever it is. So she's getting her attention from him and she has an excuse for why they can't actually go through with it. Lord knows how many other guys that she's fucking stringing along at the same time. So he does some man shit, which I'm very proud of him for again, being 18 years old and being a shy person. Holy fuck. When you have confidence, it still sucks to pull the trigger and ask somebody to be your, you know, these are the people, just people just talking, but they're getting sexual. He's like, I'm so I'm like, okay, it sounds like she's interested in you, but it's like I said, all the red flags are kind of flowing in the, you know, the, the breeze there. And I'm like, all right, I see some shit happening here. Um, but I'm like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. My buddy's, my buddy's happy again. He was sad after breaking up with this chick that he's been with for, you know, a while, uh, or at least chasing for a long time. He's invested a lot of his young life into her. I'm like, but now he's seen someone else who's, who's paying attention to him and who seems, you know, he's happy. That makes me happy. I'm just like, just, I go, just try, you know, I go, I, I, I gave him the same advice that I gave Chad a long time ago, which is just, if chick's talking to you and she's talking about, you know, I have a crush on you and things like that, just pull the trigger and be like, you want to go out sometime? Let me take you out on a date. I gave Chad that advice at the beginning of quarantine. He was chatting with this chick. Uh, she, she was like flirting with him. You know, I used to have a crush on you in high school and all this shit. I think I told you guys about this, but he's like, yo, you want to go out sometime? And she's like, oh, uh, uh, like he pulled the trigger. He put himself out there. Right. Which is scary when you're young. It's scary when you're old, right? You risk rejection, but he did it. He's proud of that motherfucker. And, um, then, uh, then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I, I have a boyfriend and you know, da, da, da. this is after like two weeks of her having these, like, you know, I always thought you were cute and I like your hair and da, da. boyfriend never came up once, you know? And he's like, man, I felt like I just talked to him the other day. He's like, yeah, I feel like I did that too soon. I go, what are you talking about? I was praising him again for doing that. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I felt like I did that too soon. You know what I mean? Like I, uh. I, I probably, if I had waited, like maybe she wouldn't be with her boyfriend anymore. And I go, dude, fuck that. Let's say like, oh, let's just say she wasn't with her boyfriend. I go, you still know that she was f- like flirting with you behind her boyfriend's back. I go, you want to be that boyfriend? You want to be just thinking, oh, I got this great girlfriend. And meanwhile, she's fucking online chatting with other dudes, telling them that they're, they're handsome and that she always had a crush on them and all that. Nobody says, oh, I always had a crush on you. If you're not trying to go down that road, if you're not trying to get feelers out there, like, Hey, did you have a thing for me? Like, maybe we should have a thing together now. Like, is that still there? Like all this shit. Like you don't just talk about that for no fucking reason. Oh, I'm getting angry. My throat's getting dry too. I'm running out of steam. Don't you worry. We are holy fuck. Almost two hours. I will definitely use up the last 13 minutes, no doubt. So having a said that, that, um, I just remember saying like, dude, you're, you dodged a bullet with her. You did the right thing. You asked her out. You were interested. You asked her out. She, she, you know, had to fucking fess up and be like, Oh, I have a boyfriend. I go, imagine how much longer you would have just been like going back and forth, worried about the rejection, kind of like building feelings. That's the hardest thing. You're investing more time and effort and energy and, and, you know, to, it's harder and harder to pull away from that later, dude, you, the fucking tick was burrowing into you and you ripped it out before it had a chance to do any fucking damage. Good for you, Chad. And Richard was talking with this new chick who had all these excuses for why they couldn't get together. But don't worry soon, soon, 
all these scumbags, they love to lead you on with, oh, but soon, just be patient, stick it out as they burrow in, burrow deeper, 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 get that fucking hook in, right? That way, that way, when you, when you, that's what it is. It's literally like tearing the person out. I don't know if you know emotionally, like this is going to fucking hurt, right? When it's early, you're like, ah, come and go easy, easy peasy. Yeah, well, if you're not interested, get fuck, get the, get the fucking step in there. There's other people. Next in line. Next. That interview went well. I'm glad we got it over real quick. I said the F word in the first two sentences. Get the fuck out of here. Next in line. The boss will see you now. Um, so that's, um, that was the thing with him. So he, he sends me this, this screenshots where like, you know, uh, I think he said like, you want to go out sometime or something like that. And she's like, oh, like, I'm sorry, but I'm just, uh, okay. You know what? Give me, give me 30 seconds here. Um, I'm going to see if I can just whip this up real quick. This is, this is the, and the thing was the guy was like apologetic about it because again, he's, he's kind of shy, not faulting them for that, but, uh, I want to see, here we go. Boom. Found it real quick. Okay. So some, uh, he goes, um, do you have a boyfriend? I just, I'm just asking. Cause I saw your Insta post. Ha ha. And she goes, no, he goes, okay, I'm sorry. Now again, that's like a pullback, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like just kind of worried about the position you took pulling back. It's okay. We forgive him for that one. She goes, it's all right. I'm going to be on it. This is her, okay. Her side. It's all right. I'm going to just do this stupid voice. Cause that's what she used to me. A dumb little girl. Richard's got a deep voice. My voice, Richard, her voice. It's all right. I'm going to be honest though. I am talking to someone now. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. Um, it's fine. And then uh, she goes, you just couldn't handle me as a significant other and I don't want to be a, a hookup. That's what she says. He goes, what do you mean? She goes, I want to, I want to date to marry. This 18-year-old girl wants to date to marry. He goes, so do I. Again, being honest with the position. He goes, I was just saying sexual shit because you seemed comfortable, of course. And, and as he told me many times, she would in, initiate these conversations. She goes, I know that. I was. That's not what I meant. I just feel like we wouldn't make it to the point of marriage because of how I am. I'm too mentally unstable for you. I wish I could make it make more sense. And he goes, it's whatever. This is, this is the part I was proud of him. He goes, it's whatever. I feel like you led me on though. And it sucks. And she goes, I didn't mean to, you know, new message, but I did. And I apologize. I'm sorry. And then like the little fucking smiley face with the sad, big black puss in boots from Shrek eyes. I'm sorry, but I did. And I apologize. I'm sorry. I was hoping that it wouldn't be like this, but after thinking it's inevitable and that's what it was. So just a heads up. So again, like this is what I'm talking about. The guy was always honest with her. He said like he was interested. He never fucking went out. I'm glad he pulled the trigger. Big man move right there. And I, this was the part This this is hard to say. He goes, um, the, the fact that he goes, it's whatever. I feel like you led me on and it sucks. He owned his shit. He didn't, he wasn't like, oh, whatever, like fine. And just lift a bit. He told her, I feel like you led me on and it sucks. And she did lead him on. And the worst thing that she did, right. Is she's like, oh, I'm, I am seeing someone now. Right. Or talking to is what kids say, but like, it's basically the same thing. I'm seeing someone I'm, I'm flirting with someone else. And the idea is that he called her on it and she's like, oh, I just feel like I'm like not significant. Like, you know, like I'm looking for a significant other and I like wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to handle me in my mental state or whatever. It's like, yeah, but what about this other guy? Like how, what are you talking about? You can't handle me. Oh, I can't handle you, but this other guy can, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have conversations about it. She never even gave him a chance, but this bitch, all right, scumbag. We're going to go back with scumbag. All right. We got douchebags of guys. We got scumbags that are women. Scummy fucking bags. Um, 
she tried to put it on him. You can't handle me. You're not, you know, you wouldn't be for signal. You can't handle me mentally. This wasn't her going, I led you on. I'm not interested. I got bored or whatever. She let him on and then she fucking and just, you know, blamed him for it. Not cool. Rich, you're a better person for not having this woman in your life. Uh, anybody in that situation, if you're in that relationship right now, one side or the other, male or female or other, um, honest to God, like no, no joke there. Just whatever it is, if you're with somebody and you know you're using them, you know it's going to end, you know you don't want to be with this person, set them free. Don't be a fucking piece of shit. All right. Don't, don't be like, well, I'm going to keep them around until I find something better. Yeah. Yeah. My car's falling apart, but I can't wait to scrap it till I can afford something new. Well, I mean, I guess that that's what you got to do, but they're not a vehicle. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they're not a vehicle just because you take them for a ride every now and again. Um, but I'm saying that like, don't do that. And if you're in that relationship and you've been pressing for it to move forward and this person just can't commit with you, can't commit, can't commit. They've always got a reason. Can't commit, can't commit. Why not? You know what? There is another person. I mean, fuck, I, I hate sounding like a guidance counselor, but there is another person out there who would scream from the rooftops how much they care about you. You would be the perfect fit for them, you know, and they would, they would want to do things with you. They would want to live with you. They would want to move forward in the relationship with you. They would want to plan a life with you. They would want to go and do things with you and, and show you off to their families and, 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 and you know, spend time. Like I'm trying to think of all the different kind of dynamics or whatever, you know, I'm also echoing a lot of my own shit. Where it's just like, you know what? At the end of the day, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't wanted and I internalized it. And like I said, the scummiest thing that happens is that instead of this person just leaving and knowing what the deal was, which was like, Hey, look, they weren't interested in me. Fine. Different strokes, different folks. Instead, it was like, you're not good enough. These people always like leave you with this. You're not good enough thing. And, and they're the ones who are not good enough. They're the ones who aren't loyal. They're the ones who are dishonest. They're the ones who are unaccountable. And they leave good people with fucking psychological scars that they take with them. Now they go to the next relationship going in, trying not to not be good enough. You know, when is the whole time you were a good dude, you know, or, or lady, you were good. You were honest. You were loyal. And it's not your fault that that other person, you know, basically preys on people who are like that preys on people who are going to take their own insecurities and use it to, to just give and give and give until they're used up. Till that other person decides there's nothing more they can take and then they move on. And before they do, they just make sure that you know that it was your fault and not theirs. Scumbags. Okay. Moving on to, uh, will I say lighter note? Uh, I don't know. Is it a lighter note? Um, I, uh, thanks for listening guys. Um, Tiff, I don't know if you're still listening to the podcast or not. I wish you all the best. Um, I, I, have only so much. That's what started all this is that I, I, she's in a bad way. She doesn't know it yet. She knows it, but she hasn't, uh, accepted it. Um, she's still in the mindset of like, well, let's salvage this. I've invested so much time. I've invested, let's salvage it. It's salvage it. But, but it takes two to tangle. That other person has to be willing to accept the accountability of what they're not bringing to the table. And that other person only has fingers to point. Unfortunately, they're only pointing fingers. They have no accountability for, for all of the, the stuff that they're doing. And uh, you can't change that. You can't make someone see what they're doing wrong. Um, a lot of people don't want to see what they're doing wrong. Right. Because then you have to accept it. And you have to look in the mirror and be like, I hurt somebody that I loved. Um, I, I had to face that moment. I lost somebody that I loved and I had to acknowledge the fact that I was, I had a big part in that. I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of stuff. And to, to look in the mirror and go, 
And then to realize like what the cause of it was and just be like, wow, like it seems so easy afterwards. It's like riding a bike, right? Or knowing a math formula. Like you just, you know, sometimes people go, well, nah, but it's going to be like it was before. And you're like, I get that. I get your fear. I get your, your reservations. I get it. But it's just once you know why you do the things you do, it really is hard to unlearn it. Like it's like, it would be like me trying to unlearn English. Spoke it my entire life. Like, you know, everyone's just talking gibberish at you. Right. Until, until you know how to speak. And then you're like, fuck, I, I can't unlearn this. I will always understand what's coming at me. If it's English, yeah, you know, assuming a word I've heard before, you know, you put too many syllables in there. Hey, you might leave me in the dust, you know, but, uh, I'm just saying like, I, I get it. And it's, and it's hard because, you know, uh, you leave scars. You can't always fix the past. Sometimes there's just too much history. People are just too apprehensive, you know? Uh, I believe it was Marie Antoinette that said, people don't remember what you say and people don't remember what you do, but people remember how you make them feel. And if you're always feeling on edge or not good enough, you know, the fact that my friend can't speak to me during the the late afternoons and the evenings because her husband's home, um, that's, that's saying a big thing right there. I don't think anyone in a healthy relationship is not allowed to speak to a friend you know, and this was before I even knew her situation. She just wasn't allowed to talk to me because this person owns them and they are not allowed to talk to other people. They've got chores to do. What are you on the phone? Do your chores. You know, it's fucked, but I wish her all the best. Um, things will only change when she wants them to. Um, I, I don't know how readily available I will be going forward. You know, I, um, it's tough, you know, people stay in these things cause it's tough. Um, Fuck. It's just, it's heavy guys. I'm not trying to keep rehashing it. It just, it's, it hurts. Cause I care about this person. I care about everybody who's in a tough spot. I care about my friend who just got hurt for the second time over quarantine and lost a girl. Second one that was using him and tried to blame him for it, you know, but, uh, but it will teach you that you'll, you'll live, you know, it's not the end of the world when you lose relationship. I'm, I had a very long relationship that I, I, I loved being in. It was tough at times, but I, I believed in that other person. I wasn't that, uh, what do you want to say, Josh? What are you trying to say? There's a part of me that will always wish there was a way to make that relationship work. Um, but the truth is I will never be able to trust it. I will never be able to trust that that person won't just get bored. And instead of having the, mm, I'm not trying to sound venomous, but the decency and the accountability to say, I am not interested in this and, and to own it, to let me know it's not my fault. They just don't want it. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work for me. It's not my thing. Um, I'm, I'm already done internalizing, uh, the bad ways that other people treat me. Um, so that's the thing too. Like I'm still like, it still, you know, bubbles up in me. I had somebody say the other day, this really, this, this bothered me because I knew not because I felt it was true. I know it's not true, but somebody said to me the other day, and I never, I don't put people directly on blast unless I'm saying a positive, um, you know, or they're, they're getting unplugged, (laughs) but, uh, I had somebody say to me the other day that the way I sound, and they were like taking their time to say it was that the way I sound on the podcast, because I'm I'm frequently wrong. I have no problem being wrong because I don't walk around saying I know everything. I'm not a blowhard. I don't know everything. There's lots of stuff I don't know. 
And I will say something, and you know, it's funny to me as a comedy podcast at times, not right now, but what's fun to me is like saying something and then deliberately, if you don't know what it is, deliberately going, well, what does my brain think it is based on the limited information I have and to do something funny with it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's funny. Like I, I will on stage, when someone tells me what they do, part of my strategy is I will deliberately try to misinterpret it. If you say you're an engineer, I know what an engineer is. They build and they design things, but that's also what they call the guy who conducts the train, right? The train pilot is the engineer. So when someone goes, I'm an engineer, I'm like, oh, cool. What's the biggest train you've ever done? I know I'm not right, but, but, uh, this person, uh, was saying to me that what you sound like you're, you know, you have, you have no education is what they said. They're incorrect on that, but it was, it was an attempt to spit venom at me, um, but they said, what you sound like on your podcast, they go, um, and they took their time to make sure that it was as, as insulting as possible, um, because it was so inaccurate was that I sound like somebody from Alabama. Um, so at this, at this point in time, I'm sitting there going like, there's no point, like I'm not inadequate. I have an education. Um, I don't have post-secondary, but I have worked very hard and I've learned from a lot of people. I have, I have talents and, and skills that are not necessarily sitting down and, and reading things. And the thing too is, is one of the things, the biggest things I've learned in life is that I don't care about a breadth of, of information or knowledge. Um, that doesn't impress me. Google has all the answers, but it's a, it's a, a not a living thing. It has the answer. Books have the answers. Am I impressed at a bookstore? Not really. Because I'm more impressed by the application of knowledge. So you can be somebody who comes from humble beginnings and have no education, have no formal, you know, paid post-secondary education, but you can take what knowledge you have and apply it to things and make it. I, I have no communication training, shy of high school English communications or whatever, but I have found a way to make a myriad of people all over the world. Um, and this, I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm just talking about friends that I have in different in industries, do you know what I mean? A good buddy of mine is one of the writers for Kimmel. I've been in the green room downstairs security at Jimmy Kimmel live. You know why? Cause I'm a good dude. People like me. I didn't, I didn't go to school for how to get backstage at, you know, the biggest talk show. Didn't, I don't have anything for that. You know what I mean? I've made friends with some of the, the biggest people in my industry. I've met, I've met my, my influence, George Carlin. I did that myself before I even started stand up because I picked up a phone and I called people and I asked and I was polite enough that people wanted to do that. I met George Carlin. I've met my, my, one of my current influences who's still alive in Toronto, Bill Burr three times because I took chances. I tell, by the way, these stories on the exclusive episode available only in the one man podcast, 200th edition limited or whatever, 200th episode limited edition collector's box. I tell these stories uh, on that episode. So if you want to hear it, better pick up one of these last few boxes. So, um, I also tell some really weird shit on that thing. All I'm saying is that like, I'm not, no, do I have a university education? Absolutely not. Do I have experience that has garnered me some things that some people only, like I said, I, I've hung out with Bill Burr three times, a guy that, that, you know, like, how would you even think to do that? Well, I, I use what, what resource that available. I'm very resourceful. So, um, you can be able to name all the capitals of the, you know, the, the, the United States, you know, you can, you can name every president or every prime minister. You could name everyone who's ever won the Oscars. I don't care about that. What does having that information do? You know what? If I need that information, I can pull my phone out of my pocket, type it in and I'll have it in less than 10 seconds. So carrying around information just to have it means fuck all.
means nothing to me, my personal values. To you, it might be your thing. You might be the guy at trivia night. You're the, you wear whatever plastic or paper crown they give you at the end of the night. And you're the guy who just knows stuff. You're, you're walking Google. Good. If the, if the internet ever dissolves as a thing, I, I, then you will be the cock of the walk. But I didn't know anything about Algeria. I'm more than happy to say, I don't know. Let's take a guess. It'll might be funny. And then the next week I looked it up, looked it up, had it ready. Cause I didn't know. And I admitted that. So what I'm trying to say is like when that person's like, you sound like somebody who's from Alabama. Um, like I said, the, their attempt and rather than me going, wow, am I stupid? That person tried to make me feel bad for not having post-secondary education, which I didn't. That person tried to make me feel like I'm stupid by saying I sound like I'm from Alabama. Well, and, the, and I've actually, I, I believe now this, I'm not, I'm not going to say they said this cause I don't remember, but this person said, uh, I, I believe they said you quite literally sound like someone from Alabama. Well, let's start with just the cadence and, and vernacular alone, <laughs> right? Do I go, Hey, everybody, welcome to the one man podcast of this hair, Josh Williams. I sound like from Alabama. So for starters, I don't sound like I'm from Alabama. So poor choice in, you know, you know, uh, uh, example, um, I'm not like I, and then the person's have listened to the podcast and I do care about them. And I, and I don't think, here's the thing. I don't think that that person was actively like, I just want to hurt them. I think that, that we got into a discussion. I was taking criticisms and I was, I was defending against them because, um, I don't think it's fair to just, I'm big on constructive feedback, right? Which is why I said, like, we're not going to just unplug businesses for the sake of unplugging them. That's not fair. If someone chose to be an ass to you and chose to hurt you, well, there's businesses that'll treat you better. Let's make sure that the bad ones aren't taking your money. We'll make it a teachable example for them. All I'm saying is that like when someone just decides that now we're not having a discussion about something, you know what I mean? Now we're just going to try to hurt you. The old me would internalize that. And I would go, I'm not good enough and I'm stupid and I have to defend it against it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I have tons of great examples of how I'm not. Am I the most educated person? No. Have I ever said that? Probably said the opposite more than often. I probably downplay my intelligence more than I brag about it. So I just think that like, like I've, I've tried to address several times before. Some people just want to be right so bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that of this person, but I'm just saying sometimes people want to be right so bad that when they have already lost the argument, they go to like, let's just go to hurt. And you know, the old me, very insecure. And I still have shitloads of insecurities, but I was insecure about what my, what my value was. And it's just like, you know what? Do I have post-secondary? No. I know a lot of people who have it doing nothing with it. They're doing less than what I'm doing without it. So do I need to internalize that and think that I'm less? No. You know, if you're even listening to these words, some of you may have bailed at the one hour mark. If some of you are even listening to these words, just know that like, a, thanks for listening, but B, you don't have to like, whatever's going on with you, like a, you're enough. Anybody, even the person who's, who I had this conversation with is enough. They're a good person. I, I think that they mean well. And that's where a lot of like, you know, anti-animosity comes from. I think that they mean well. I think we were trying to have a regular discussion and I don't really, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really understand why they wanted to try to hurt me in that, in that situation. Right. And like I said, it, it was inaccurate. Right. So to say I have no education is is incorrect. I do have an education. I have a high school education, um, but that's it. Yeah, did it go beyond that? No, but I also I had my electrical license for a while. So 
I know how to do that. That was something I accomplished. And like I said, I don't even value that. I value it in the sense that I'll never have to do electrical, you know, I'll never have to pay someone to do electrical work for myself. But, you know, some people are like, wow, look, I did it. I did it. I was able to learn it pretty fucking quick. So, you know, I, I can learn things that I'm interested in. Uh, I have a hell of a time trying to learn something that I'm not the slightest bit interested in. It's tough, whatever. We all have our shit. I guess I'm trying to, this is a fucking long-winded episode with all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm not mad at that person, but I, but I was, I was very frustrated in that instance because I was going over old Josh and new Josh were, were having an internal conversation. Whereas it doesn't matter, you know, this per, if this person is willing to say that you sound like you're from Alabama and you have no education, they're wrong on both, both parts already. Like, and if, and if that's what their argument is, like, why, why even engage, you know? Might as well say like, you know, you're, you're a woman. Well, I'm not, but I mean, how can I argue with you if you think something's so wrong? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, the reason I'm bringing it up is it bothered me a lot, um, uh, because I care about this person. I do care about them. So, you know, I, I don't know. And that's, I guess, like, I'm, I apologize guys. Like I'm, I'm, my, I'm clawing at the inside of my brain right now going, just stop and move on. But I guess I'm, I'm trying to go, like, if I'm going to go at length about this, like, what's the takeaway from it? So the takeaway is, the positivity is, people um, people will say things that will hurt you at times. And unfortunately, there's a lot of us that will internalize that. Rather than looking at that other person and going, like, why does that matter? Like, if that's really what you think of me, I don't even know why you're engaged in conversation with me, right? And if if, you know, like, I know it's not true. You know, so if someone said like, oh, you, you cheat you know, oh, well, fuck everyone cheats on their taxes. What is it? Oh, you know, you, you cheat on your wife. Well, I don't like, why are you even saying that? You might get angry. So we all know anger is fear. So where's that fear? Maybe the fear is that, that, that your wife will, will hear something like that and think it's true. That would be the thing. And maybe that's what my, my fear is. Maybe, maybe my old Josh anger coming up would be that maybe I would be afraid that other people would think that that's true. You know? If someone said, hey, this guy over here, he sounds like he's from Alabama and he has no education. I would go, well, that guy's a fucking idiot. Even if I've never heard him. Because based on the, the what you've said is, oh yeah, he sounds like an idiot. But I don't. I don't sound like I'm from Alabama. I don't think I've ever heard anyone from Alabama talk the way I talk. They certainly don't say A. Um, Y'all know what I mean? I mean, I don't know where the hell someone will get that goddamn impression from there. Dang, that's how it's on, right? Um, Anyways, I don't know. It just, it, it just, that shit happens in our lives. Um, so whether it's, you know, romantic relationships or whatever it is, know that like someone wants to just come at you and just hurt you. Like I've had that, I've had other people say shit like that too. Like people criticize the podcast sometimes. Like I said, I've had to, as of late, explain that like, yes, it's a comedy podcast, but not everything's comedy. Like this thing bothered me. I don't find anything funny about it yet. So there's no joke here. But the best comedians in the world put out a comedy special one hour, you know, at most once a year, usually every two years, the best in the world. So am I putting out an, an hour of hilarious stand up every week? No, that's not what this is. No one is doing that. So when someone comes over and goes, oh, I listen to your podcast and it's not funny. Okay, sorry. You know, it's, if I can make a joke where I will, I will. I'll make it as funny as I can. But Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a serious thing I want to talk about. It's my journal. Tune out. You are not handcuffed to this. So when someone's like, oh, it sucked. I didn't like it. Okay. Why'd you listen to it then? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Some people love it. Some people love the shit that I thought was absolutely boring and ridiculous. 
So you got to get to a point where you're like, you know, it's not for everybody. I, I did uh, a joke this week where you have to realize that like once something, you know, um, that's another, I'll give Bill Burr credit. That's another thing that like people have to, uh, realizes like once you do a joke or you put something out there, like it's it, Bill Burr's like, it's not yours anymore. Cause people are going to hear it. They're going to have their own interpretation of it. They're going to decide. And you just, you just can't please everybody. You know, again, old me was a people pleaser. So someone said anything negative. I'm like, I want to please you. I want this to be good. I don't, I don't, I, I don't care as much. I'd be lying. If I said, I don't care. I do care. I want you guys to like this, but, uh, but you're not going to, not everyone is going to like it. Not everyone's going to like every episode. Not everyone's going to like every subject. You know, I listen to podcasts where guys talk about, you know, sports. I don't like, I, it's not a sports podcast. It's a, it's a comedian and they'll talk about sports and I don't care at that point. I tune out, you know, I leave it on, but I just, I zone out. I do whatever I'm doing. And if they start talking about something different, I, I get back into it. You know, it's not about every second being the fucking most hilarious. If it like, if, listen, if every second of this was fucking hysterical, you'd be paying for it. <laughs> okay. If I was writing material and this was, was fucking seven days a week, I'm, I'm, I'm doing three hours of work towards the podcast. You'd be paying for it. I promise you, you're getting what you pay for with this podcast every single week. Um, I don't know. It's a weird men mental state that I'm in right now where I'm like, I'm trying to defend the people that I care about. I'm trying to explain where, where some of this stuff comes from. Again, I'm also not trying to attack the person who I felt was attacking me at the time. And that's kind of like, that's another psychology thing, right? People, when they feel attacked, they attack back and I don't want to attack. And like I said, I, I truly, here's the thing. I truly believe this person was not trying to hurt me. Like, I feel like they were trying to win some sort of argument. You know what I mean? Because people like to be like, ah, oh, you don't, you know, you didn't know what you were talking about. I'm like, yeah, that's part of the funny of this thing. You know what I mean? And so instead of them being like, oh, I didn't like, yeah, I never really thought of that. It's like, well, you know, you frequently don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Again, part of it, you know, well, you just like, you know, like it's not on me. Like, and then, you know, try to explain like, it's not, I'm not making better. So I think this person was kind of just like, well, like instead of being like, oh, I just, yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. Right. Accountability. It was more like, oh, well, let me see. Well, you know, you really don't know anything, do you? You have no education and you sound stupid. So it was like, well, where, what the fuck is this conversation about now? Like, are you just trying to hurt me? Does that, will that make you feel like you won is hurting somebody that you care about and that cares about you a win where, like, where's the logic? Where's the, you know what I mean? But I, but again, I used to be that way, you know, I don't know. Sometimes like my mentality used to be that I was trying to provoke, you know what I mean? Like you tell someone to try to do better at something or to work on something and they just don't, you know, you encourage them and that fails. And then, so I was like, well, fuck it. Then I'll provoke you to quote unquote, prove me wrong. Right. Like I'll, I'll instigate you. Maybe you'll, you'll get fired up. And a lot of people don't, they don't get fired up and decide they're going to fuck. Oh, I'm going to give it all I got and prove you wrong. They don't do that. They just start to feel shitty about themselves and they resent you for talking to them that way. All right. I got to do a, I got to do a hard stop on, uh, on this chat only because, um, it's just going on and on, and I do apologize. It's going to be a fucking three-hour episode. I thought I had nothing to talk about this week. Apparently, I have a lot of issues, guys. Thanks for being my therapist this week. Um, nothing but love to everybody. Honest to God, bottom of my heart. Nothing to love for everybody. We're all still working on it, right? We all make mistakes, and that's why I say, like, um, some people want to be like, this people hate me or whatever. It's like, no, I'm not. You, you, nobody hates you. You know, we're good people. I'm just, I'm like, the point was, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the emails here. because I got a couple of fucking emails to talk about this week. Is um. I, uh, 
I really, I, I, I think all of us are really trying to, you know, uh, I, I think that Tony Robbins has said many times, it's like a lot of people, it's just, it's the, it's the pursuit of pleasure and avoidance of pain, right? We all don't want to be alone, all sorts of things like that. So it's like a lot of the stuff hits on our own self-worth too, right? Because you got to be, you got to have your own sense of self-worth. You have to be a value, right? I have to be worth something. I have to be valued. I have to be enough, right? Because if I'm not enough, then who's going to want to be with me? And if no one's with me, I'm going to be alone, right? A lot of it goes back to the fear of being alone. So that's why a lot of people with the accountability issues is like, well, I can't say that I made a mistake because then I'm less. And it's like, well, in, if, if that's, that might be your perspective. Well, if I was wrong, then I'm, I'm not good enough or I was less or whatever it is, right? Can't be wrong. Sure you can. You can be wrong and you can be gracious about it. And that actually builds value in other people. They go, wow, this person was accountable. They admitted what they did. I respect them more. You can actually build your value by being accountable, but it depends on how you see it. Cause some people just think, oh, if I was wrong, then I'm, I'm bad. Or, you know, they don't think it that exact way. Of course, that's not the narrative, but to be responsible for a mistake is to be less or wrong or whatever. Right. So people just, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't know. I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. I was, I was too busy. Like it's just always an excuse, but it's like, okay, you become someone that can't be counted on. You become somebody who you can't trust. You know, if you make a mistake, I can't even, it's harder to fix a mistake when someone's on the camera. He's like, well, what happened? Oh, I don't know. My brother used to like, my brother used to like put when we were kids, like kids, like teenagers, early teenagers, my brother used to come on my computer and download like weird porn, like anime porn or something like that. And he would fucking go into my, my system files and would, would like create a new file and like name it some sort of computer sounding file and like hide his porn in there. But the thing was like, he would download from like weird sites. He would download like code, like, I don't know, codexes or something or, or drivers. Like he would basically fuck with my computer. And then I would have, I would come on my computer. There'd be fucking issues. Like it wouldn't be working probably. I'd go, what did you do when you were on my computer? Oh, nothing. Aaron, what did you do? What did you click on? What did you do? Nothing. I didn't do anything. Well, you did because it's broken now. Like it's not working. I've got spyware or whatever the fuck is on my computer. You did something. Fuck, holy shit, I thought I was over this stuff. I don't even have these computers anymore, God damn it! But it was like, but the idea that you couldn't just admit what you did because now I can't fix it, right? Like when I, one of the things that drives my anxiety through the fucking roof, you ever see those scenes where some guy's like, you know, I, I saw this just the other day in that Scouts movie I was talking about. Um, The Scouts guy, the guy, the guy like steps on a cord and pulls a, a cord out of the, uh, like the, the, what do they call it? The, um, not the defibrillator. The fucking heart monitor. You know what I mean? Beep, beep. I don't know what this, I think it's called a heart monitor. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I don't know what it's called. I'm very stupid. I'm sure they would have taught me that day one in university. If I only knew, if I only had more education, I would have known what the heart monitor is called. Um, hey Siri, is there a technical term for a heart monitor? Okay. I found this on the web for, is there a technical term for a heart monitor? Check it out. Looks like we got cardiac monitor. So I guess that could be the thing. Cardiac monitoring is what it says. So I don't know if there's a name. Uh, I don't know. What to do. Electrocardiography. That's the, that's the, uh, the, 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 I guess, whatever, um, study of it. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like, it looks like, look, yeah, yeah. Heart monitor, cardiac monitor. Anyways, 
Uh, guy steps on the fucking cord, pulls it out, and everything goes like, bee, and he like plugs it back in, and it's still going, bee, like flatlining. And I swear to God, I see, you see this with like people in like cockpits and planes or in front of a big computer they don't know. He just starts clicking buttons and flicking switches, and I'm like, oh, that, that, that drives me insane insane because you have no way of knowing what you do. How do you undo? How do you put everything back to settings? Like I see it with soundboards. People just like, Oh fuck. They start sliding shit and clicking buttons. It's like, you got to pay attention to what you're doing because if it's like one switch over on the right and you've hit 75 other switches, how does that person, how long is it going to take somebody to actually put that shit back to normal? Because you weren't even paying attention to what you did and they don't even know all the things that you clicked and switched. And I know it's just like a movie to show, to, to show panic, but I've seen people do this in real life. Just go up to a soundboard and start, oh, there's no sound. They start clicking buttons and turning knobs and they're not even looking. And I'm like, most of those are set at something specific. You, you are so, so fucking around with someone else's work. So I've always advocated that like, if you don't know, ask somebody, find somebody and be like, Hey, this isn't working. How do we fix it? Or if you're going to start flicking, fucking with things, try one thing. Nothing. Okay. And put it back to where you found it. If it's a knob or whatever, or you click it in. Okay. Click it back out. Pay attention to what you're fucking doing. This is from a guy who was a high school dropout who has a GED and no post-secondary, by the way. That's the application of knowledge for the record. That's how I'm taking what I've learned and applying it. So, you know, read a book that says, oh, put everything back the way you found it, Billy. God, I'm a little defensive. I'm a little defensive. I will be again, accountable for that. I'm human. I'm human. And I, I have spent decades of my life um, feeling stupid, okay? And I'm not. Um, I was also actually treated like I was uh, special by, by my family, which is why I don't actually... Um, I, one of the reasons I'm not as close with my family and I don't share as much with my family is that... Um, are we going to start a fucking brand new topic here, Josh? Sure, why not? If you were going to tune out, you'd have tuned out by now. So whatever's going on, it's still here, but I'm, I'm a share. I'm a share this about me guys. When I was young, I was tested for ADD and, uh, Oh shit. I had it. I won't even argue it. Yeah. It's, it's tough to focus on shit. That's boring. We've also since learned that there's lots of different ways to do it. And I had the Pygmalion effect, uh, with my teachers, which was, I was taking Ritalin for a little while afterwards and used to give me headaches. And so like after a few weeks, I stopped taking it. My mom knew I'd stopped taking it, uh, but the teachers didn't. Teachers didn't know I was doing, in fact, my teachers were, uh, the term now is shaming. Um, you know, if I, if I spoke out of turn even once, and I'm not even lying, if I spoke out of term even once, uh, this was French class, but I'm sure you can understand the translation. I was in French immersion. My teacher would say, Joshua, avez-vous pris votre médicament? Which is French for, did you take your medication? So I actually had the other kids in my class would just come up and tease me, schoolyard, whatever, but avez-vous pris votre médicament? Like, like they would come up and say, did you take your medication? So I, I didn't like it. I got headaches from it. I stopped taking it. And um, uh, my teachers would, that's what reminded me is my teachers didn't know I wasn't taking it, but they were happy to ask in front of everybody in a situation like that. Uh, cunty French chicks. Um, I hope they're all dead now. Um, hope, hope is a strong word. Um, I'd be, I'd be pleased to know they're dead, <laughs> that they're not uh, ruining other young children's lives. But then again, you know what? You know what? Let's, let's go to Eastern philosophy here for a second. Um, I like where I'm in life. I like my life. I'm a very lucky guy. I'm a very happy sometimes guy, uh, positive. I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. 
And uh, you got to you got to be grateful for everything that came before. So all of those little those little jabs and pokes uh, from people who I hope is dead uh, are dead. Are is dead? Are dead? Um, that's in Alabama. I hope is dead. Uh, I hope. <laughs> You know, it's made me who I am today, and I'm I'm very happy to be me. I'm a great dude. I'm a great dude. So stupid, but I'm good. I'm a great dude. Man, let me tell you, that Forrest Gump, he was a charming ass motherfucker, right? Rain man, huh? You drop your toothpicks, he'll let you know if, if one of them rolled underneath the counter. You're putting them away? Nope, they're all there. One quick glance. That's a time-saving, that's a time-saving autistic kid right there. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> I'm running out of coffee, so I won't be able to wet my whistle much longer. We are, we are coming to, a, to an end, but, um, because of that, like ADD stuff, like, I remember my mom was telling me, like, she told the teachers they're like, she's like, uh, you know, are you noticing his behaviors better on the medication? They're like, oh yes, he's been, he hasn't been disruptive at all anymore. And it's like last few months, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was like two, three weeks and I stopped taking it. She's like, oh, that's interesting because he hasn't been on the medication in over a month. You know what I mean? But they believed it. You tell them it was placebo, you know, Pygmalion, whatever it is. And, uh, it was, it was just interesting. But the thing was my family, like, because I was difficult, I'm, I'm outspoken. I, I look at the world differently. I've got, you know, funny views on things. Um, if I'm not interested in things, yes, I will have a difficulty paying attention to them. But, but everyone in my family always treated me like I was on the spectrum, you know, and not like, oh, he might be a little like autistic or something. It was like, oh no, Josh is, is he's dim. He's dim. He's the dumb kid. So people would talk down to me all the time. And it, and it also affected my self-worth. And I still have family members that when they talk to me, they kind of talk down to me and it's like, okay. And I'm not like oblivious to it. They're not like making it more accessible for me. They're, they're making themselves less accessible to me. And I'm just sitting there going like, all right. Should we, should we compare accomplishments? Would that make you feel like, I mean, that's another thing too. Like if you think I'm, I'm autistic or I'm on the spectrum or I'm dim or I have, you know, some form of special needs, which, Hey, fuck, I'm open to, right. If I can get a grant or something, Hey, give it to me some free meds. You want to, you want to give me some med that just makes my jaw slack and I get to eat pudding happily. Fuck it. Why not put on some cartoons, live in the dream. I would say I, I broke the code in the matrix. If I can give myself to that status, Josh, there are no expectations of you. You just sit here and eat your pudding. Thank you very much. I'd turn to the camera, give it a little wink. <laughs> Shh, put on my finger. Shh, it'll be our little secret. Uh, that would be fucking great. <laughs> there we go. See, we could have some fun or the, or that'll be the, the joke that in 10 years from now, that, the day I get Saturday night live or a, or a, a spot. And then, you know, two days later, that's some, some woman with a, with a bunch of hate in her heart would, uh, would try to dig up this episode and use it against me, get me canceled. But yeah, I'm just like, all of this going back to self-worth and stuff. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life trying not to feel like I'm stupid to try to prove that I'm not, and I'd like to say try to prove I'm like, I don't really didn't care. Most of my building value for myself has been making people laugh you know, being nice to people, making people want to be around me, you know, and it's just, um, we, none of us, look, none of us got an instruction manual with our life. All right. We're, we're trial and error. Just some people, you know, just keep making the same errors over and over and over again. And you almost like, like there's that, that definition of insanity, right? Is the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, um, all I'm going to say is I love everybody individually as groups. I hate you, but as an individual, 
I care about you. And like I said, even, even thinking about my friend, thinking about the person that said something offensive to me, like, I, I believe that there's like people, when people talk about good and evil, like it's just, you know, this person's evil, this person's good, not, it's all little decisions. It's choices, right? We're all making choices. And, you know, was that a good choice or a bad choice? You know, some people just make habitual bets. People, some people are selfish, right? I mean, there's obviously clinical like narcissists and, and psychopaths and shit like that. But for the most part, you're not like this person's evil. That person's good. You know, you can look at a decision and go, that was fucking evil. And, and it was, but evil as a thing, not really. I think most people are afraid of being alone and they make bad decisions because they think that's going to lead them to, to not being alone or to, to being more value. Some people, I know people who treat their families and the people that care about them, their, their close friends poorly. And they'll, they'll give the shirt off their back to some stranger. And it's almost like, well, that stranger doesn't know that I'm a cocksucker or a piece of shit yet. Right. All these other people, I don't want to say they've given up, but it's like, but all these other people, like, you know, I don't have anything left I can get from them. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do that. You know, I've had people that I, I've had people that I invite to shows that when I invite them, they don't want to come. But if I invite, uh, but if they have a friend or something, they'll be like, Hey, can I get a couple tickets to your show? You know, I want to bring you out or whatever. And I know it's not to, it's not for me. I've asked you to come support me. You know, they don't come when it's, when it's just to come see me. They come when there's someone that they can bring and then they go, Hey, that's my buddy up there. You know what I mean? That they're, that's for them. They're, they're building themselves up to be able to get some free tickets and, and show me off. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you didn't do that for me. You know, hey, I'm coming to your show. And yeah, you're coming because you're trying to impress someone new. It's not, it's not for me. I've asked you to come for me. You don't, you come when you can impress someone else. It's about you, you know, but again, I, and that's not like that person's evil. It's that person's trying to have self-worth. They feel good when someone else thinks that they have more value, you know, like these are not, these are, and again, I'm a high school dropout, everybody, high school dropout, no post-secondary education, masturbate almost daily, like a baboon. All right. I'm not up here changing the world. This guy right here will not cure cancer. Will not cure cancer. I, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe it'll be like one of the new Star Wars movies. I'll just trip over the cure and go, oh, we found the dagger. Um, all I'm saying is that like, we're all working on it, man. You know what I mean? We're all just trying to not, you know, pursuit of pleasure, avoidance of pain. So I don't have any hatred. My friend's husband who's treating her shitty. Yeah. He's an upset guy. He's a, he's a, I mean, not to be mean, but to, to categorize it as it is, I mean, everything that you would think of a man, he's failed in every aspect. So yeah, he's probably got really bad self-esteem, probably low, low self-image. And instead of owning it, which is real fucking hard, right? You got to look in the mirror and go, fuck, I fucked up. The anger and the fear set in, and now you start spitting venom at the people closest to you and saying, oh, it must be you. Like a uh, small example is my, uh, she says like, you know, my husband just says, he just wants a clean house. He comes home and if the house is not clean. He's really upset. And it's like, it's not that it's, he's coming home to a trailer with little to no money and he's unhappy. And so rather than, like I said, looking in the mirror and knowing where that unhappiness comes from, it's going, oh, well, I must be unhappy because, uh, the dishes I come home and the dishes aren't done. That's why I'm unhappy. Right. No, it's not that of, of course, it's not that internal reflection, but the idea I'm mad, what can I, what external thing can I blame the anger and the frustration on? Oh, the dishes aren't done. Right. So then you do the dishes next day. Oh, the laundry's not done. So you do the dishes in the laundry. Ah, the garbages aren't taken out. 
You know, they take the garbage. And the next day, ah, the windows aren't clean. Da, 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 da. Ah, the fucking, you know what I mean? It's always something else. But the idea is that like you're ne- and the whole time you're like, I'm not good enough because he's always blaming what I'm not doing. Like, right. The, 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 the nice people internalize that we, we take other people's insecurities and failures and everything like that. We lump them on ourselves and we diminish not everybody. Right. Some people are just strong. They, they were raised right. You know what I mean? And people just said, no, you have value. And they didn't let, you know, when someone else would tear you down, they would build you back up. So you had that checks and balances. Right. But then sometimes you're in a, you're in a fucking situation where it was like, where everyone in your life is willing to just take their shit out on you because people will find the outlet, right? You can't shit on somebody who tells you to go fuck yourself because that's now it's not a dump, right? They don't take your shit. Right. So that's why these people find nice people or people with insecurities or whatever who take the shit, Right. It's not like, you're not like, and I used to think like, Hey man, if maybe if I'm nice to this person, they'll go, Oh, they're nice to me. I'll be nice to them too. It's not, you're just training them that like they can dump on you and you'll take it right. And that way they don't have to look in the fucking mirror and realize it's on them. It's your shit, you know? And I'm, I'm just saying like, it's not, that doesn't mean that they're an evil person. It means that they're very unhappy and they're scared. They, they, they haven't got to the point where they can look in the mirror and go like, what am I failing at? You know, I know every time I eat a pizza, I'm trying, I'd like to lose weight, but I know that when I choose to eat a pizza for that dopamine hit and, and not feel shitty about myself, that's on me, right? I'm not like, Oh, I can't get ahead. I try so hard. No, I don't. I want, I want to, but I don't want to more than I want that feel good now. Right. My friend, Brendan McKeegan said to me, you know, like I, it's not his quote, but he's the one who shared it with me is like, what's a goal. A goal is giving up what you want now for what you want later. You know what I mean? And a lot of us want to feel good now, myself included. I'm guilty of that, but I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm making that choice. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for listening to my Ted talk. All right, let's get to these fucking emails. I, I'm just trying to say, listen, if, if ever, let me put it this way. If ever, um, if ever you, uh, you feel like you're in a shitty spot. Maybe you feel like you want to make a change or something like that. And you don't quite know. I just want to let you know that you're always welcome. If some of you don't have any of my personal contact shit, contact at one man podcast.com. Uh, all my friends with phone numbers, Facebook, Instagram, any other way of contacting me. Um, if you ever just like, you know what? I do feel shitty and I don't really know where it's coming from. Um, I, I've been reading and listening to all sorts of different psychology stuff uh, for like the last decade since I was in my relationship and I didn't understand about my own anger and the other person's anger and all these other things. Um, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I really don't. Um, but I have such a vast understanding of a lot of the, the things involved in these that I can at least hopefully shed some light. I'm not telling you I'm your savior, but I'm offering free potential therapy in the, in the, in the sense that like, if you want to talk about something you're upset with, and if you, if you feel bad about something and you don't quite maybe know where it stems from, I've had a lot of people reach out and, and just through conversation, we've been able to, you know, uncover some shit, which is really all therapy is, is just like, what's the root of this? Um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help. Um, and, and just know that it's, this is no, this is no delusions of grandeur on my part. Um, well, another quote that I like is, is to teach is to learn. So just know that every time I'm talking with someone who's, you know, trying to get an idea of where they're hurt and their pain or, or whatever's going on with them psychologically is from is, is it reminds me too. So anytime I'm able to help build somebody else up, it reminds me of the same lessons that you got to value yourself and, and not take shit from other people and not taking shit. Doesn't mean you start shit with them too. It's, it's just be empathetic and understand that like, if someone's coming at you, it's not an inadequacy in you. It could very likely be an inadequacy in them. 
Okay. And that's where I've had to get to because I was way more defensive. You come at me, I'm going to come right back at you. And now you have two people that are angry, that are hurting other people and there no good's going to come from that. Okay. And just make sure to pray little baby Jesus every time. Cause down here in Alabama, we love Jesus first. Jesus is the reason that we love everybody. All right. You know, unless you a faggot, you a faggot, you're going to die. I'm just kidding. That's just the horrible shit that they say. I, that's, that's another reason why I don't feel like I sound like I'm from Alabama. Cause, uh, everyone from, well, Ooh, Ooh, that would have been incredibly ignorant. Everyone from Alabama, not even close. The stereotypical Alabamians <laughs> that I believe I was, I was, uh, equated to are the ones who just sound the hook. And they're not the ones who are like, I got me some real progressive views on homosexuality and transgendered rats. Uh, you don't hear that from them, uh, predominantly. So all I'm saying is that like, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people down there are generally, you know, not, not progressive, especially, especially when you got that Jesus stuff kicking around in your head, good lessons from, from that religion in terms of kindness, but, uh, you know, hating, hating other people, not okay with that. And I, yeah, I dislike it. Dislike it. Another reason why I don't sound like I'm from Alabama. And I do apologize for have actually using, using, uh, well, my case is falling apart here, guys. <laughs> I feel like the latch on my, my briefcase, your honor, I'd like to make my closing arguments and my fucking latch fell open and the hinge broke off and all my papers are spilling on the floor. And you're like, Oh, he just lost. I wonder if that's ever happened. The guy was, the guy was on the verge, the verge of closing it with the fucking jury. And he just goes to pick up his briefcase. Something falls apart. Papers over this. And this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Guilty, uh, or innocent, you know, the, 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 if it's the crown, um, I, I'm sorry for using that, that word. It is a word of hate. And as I've mentioned before, it's, uh, it's not something, it is something that I said very liberally when I was younger. I didn't mean it in the context, uh, that it was, you know, used in, but regardless, it's a word that's made for hate and stuff. And I, uh, sorry for saying it. I'm sorry for saying it. I just feel like the person I was mocking at the time, uh, that's what they would have said. That's what they would have said. And I try to be authentic. Um, anyways, you guys are great. Let's do some, uh, let's do a couple of emails, a couple of little quick ones, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Okay. Um, oh man, am I ever, I, 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 I actually feel bad too, for, for going so uh, deep into that thing. Um, you know, the conversation I had with somebody, um, I don't know. My mom is crazy. She sent a message. She's like, do you want one of these? I don't even know what the fuck it is. Let's see what it is. Okay. Scene, but can I click on it, please? Get your bolts, get your bolts pro.com. Hello. Come on thing. Well, this will have to wait. Uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. Okay. Emails was what I was trying to get. <sighs> it's all falling apart, guys. All falling apart. Damn. Um, hey, okay. So my buddy Ivan wrote to me, um, yo, asshole. Great attention grabber for me, by the way. I love that. He goes, yo, asshole. You got Spider-Man 4 for PS4? Uh, yes, I do digitally. We've already talked since because he sent me a text and he goes uh also he goes yeah he has spider-man for ps4 uh he goes also i love your weekly bitching about movies segment <laughs> i hated bill and ted 3 too and then a laughing emoji with the a-okay fingers emoji yeah um but i do want to ask ivan um and if you don't mind responding via email um it could be short just like this one was is uh did you see did you did you enjoy the original bill and ted's because i could see someone who like didn't like the first two going this one sucks it's like well yeah the other ones were better i'm just wondering if you enjoyed the uh, the originals or maybe just the first one not the second one just what are your thoughts um 
That, and what did you hate the most about Bill and Ted 3? Just fire me something. It'll be on the 200th episode. It'll be great, great, great content added. Thank you, by the way. Um, maybe that's the problem with recording these too early today is I have too much energy and I'm too willing to keep talking. <laughs> All right. And then I got one from my dad, uh, which is this one. This one I'm really happy to read because I like this. And this goes to what I was saying about like, I don't always know what I'm talking about in the podcast. Because um, I believe when I was chatting with Izzy was the context in this one. So um, my dad wrote, um, uh, black knight, William Conrad Reeves from Wikipedia says first black person to get knighthood. Uh, so yes, black people have been knighted. Uh, and I agree that it must seem odd when you get texts about older podcasts. It's yeah, I don't, I don't, I only don't know what they mean in that. It's like, someone will be like, yeah, I agree with you. Totally. It shouldn't be a thing. And I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, so I do appreciate when my dad texts me about the podcast, at least I know what he's talking about. Like he'll cite what he's talking about, or at least give me context. My mom out of the blue would be like, so anyways, that's why I didn't like that guy. And I'm like, what, what the, f-? like, and I, I don't mean like, like that's at the tail end of several sentences, just out of the blue. It's like, yeah, anyways, that's why I'm not going to go with that guy. Okay, mom. Um, why would you assume I have the first fucking clue what you're talking about? What guy, what thing, what the fuck are you talking about? So it's like, I, that's, that's a weird expectation that someone would just know everything. And she's like, well, you always know what I'm saying. I'm like, that's a lot to put on me. Um, first black person to get knighthood. Da, 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 da. Um, will you read it on podcast? Yes, I will. I hope that wasn't a question like, please don't. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I responded to the email. So I let you know, you had time to, to let me know if you didn't want me to read this. And if you didn't, I'm sorry. So William Conrad Reeves, I was talking with Izzy episode 196 saying that like people tried to elevate their stature, like way back in the day, the only way to sort of elevate your class was to become a knight, right? Get knighted. Uh, medieval times you'd fight things, whatever. It was almost like being a gladiator, right? You could, you could kind of fight and get your own freedom that way or whatever it was. But I was saying that like a lot of people now you have different ways to elevate your class. You can, you know, become a YouTuber or you can, you know, musician, athlete, uh, inventor, um, it guy creating apps. Like you can do, there's lots of things you can do now to elevate your status. Um, but I was mentioning how like, you know, uh, minorities would have a lot harder time because like back in the day it was like knighthood. That was the only way you could go from being like a peasant baker, you know, you couldn't become a, a, a YouTuber there or, you know, minstrels weren't even like, oh, let's have a minstrel concert. There's no electricity, you know, first couple of rows could hear fucking Sir Wilhelm, the <laughs> Wilhelm, the lutist. So here we go. We got, uh, we got William Conrad Reeves. So Sir William, I'm going to tell you, we're going to learn about this guy. This is the first black man to ever get knighted. Um, uh, do, do, do Sir William Conrad Reeves, St. Joseph Barbados, 1838 to January 8th, 1902 was a 19th century lawyer and academic in Barbados. Reeves was born in Barbados to Thomas Phillips Reeves and Peggy Phyllis. That is a little more than we needed. Uh, he represented the parish of St. Joseph within the house of assembly in Bridgeton. He was patronized with, yeah, patronized with funds collected by the black community to stay in the United Kingdom to study at the Middle Temple, which he left in 1863. He subsequently became Attorney General of St. Vincent. He was appointed Solicitor General of Barbados in 1875. He was Attorney General of Barbados from 1882 to 1886, and uh, in 1883, he was admitted to the Queen's Council. Uh, he became the first black chief justice of Barbados in 1886. He served in this position until his death. In 1889, Reeves was knighted by Queen Victoria and thus became the first black man to be knighted by a British sovereign. So dude was the so first black guy was knighted pre 1900s. I mean, 10 years before. Hey, fuck it. That's awesome. Um, it says he married his daughter of JTR Rudder. They had one daughter 
and then just some footnotes. But how about that? So you go, you go. First, first black man to ever be knighted was in 1889. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, the email. Definitely appreciate uh, you know doing the legwork for me finding that information out. Because sometimes too, I'll just I'll say something in passing and, and not really. I don't go back to it. So it does help that, you know, when you guys hear something and find it interesting as well, um, or maybe not interesting, but just like, Hey, here's the the piece of information that you were saying. Um, I appreciate cause I, sometimes I don't have a, uh, you know, I suppose I could have a pen and go whack them phone into the mic. I am losing my case for being mildly intelligent here. Um, yeah, it's sometimes it's cool to, uh, you know, I, I'd love to make a note on every stupid comment that I make, but, uh, I don't always don't always do that. Um, every now and again, I'll find something that's just so interesting that I have to yell at my phone. Hey Siri. And then, and then do that. Yeah. She's listening. I knew it. Phone didn't, but she did. Um, so yeah, uh, that was really cool. Thanks dad for the email. No, 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 stop it. Go away. Let's see what she says. It's paused is what it says. Just on the screen. That was on my laptop. Um, groovy, groovy, groovy. So guys, that was the, uh, the podcast, uh, a long one. A long one, lots of shit to talk about. Um, didn't realize that that last subject was going to pull so much out of me. Probably the vast majority of the podcast. I thought I was getting ready to wrap up maybe a couple minutes on just, you know, whatever. Um, best of luck to my friend. I'm sorry you're in a shitty situation. Um, when you're ready to come out of it, um, you know, I'll, uh, I want to see how support you. I already thought I was doing that, um, but I realized it was just, you know, I was just your shuttle for a little week long vacation right back to normal. That's that hurts. I'm saddened about that because I was really hoping that that would be the first step towards, um, things getting better for you. Um, and I realized it's just, you know, you're not there yet. Maybe some point, uh, you didn't let me down. I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed for you. Um, but I'm, I'm also, I'm also at a point in my life where I've got so much going on. I've got so much self love and self care and fucking hard, hard, hard work to do on myself that I, I, I can't help. Um, I don't feel like I can. And I'm sorry if you look, look at me differently for saying this, um, whomever is listening. Um, but I can't, um, I can't be a part of the fluff stuff. You know, you're not happy. You're not really ready to do anything yet, but you need a break. I, I can't, I can't be a part of that. I, I can't, um, I, I want to be a part of the solution. I can't be a part of the escape. You know, you just need a break from it and you're, you're going to go back and you know, you're going to go back or, you know, you want to lose weight, but you don't really want to, you are just having a rough week and you're like, oh, I'll try. Like if you're ready to make a change, um, I'll, I'll support you in it. I don't really, I, I know I've been the same guys. I've mentioned change and not really done. I'm also not asking people to do shit for me, um, with these changes and then doing nothing with it. You know what I mean? I'm not bothering you guys to, you know to do, to do my shit for me. Um, so I, I'm not trying to be, uh, an ass or negative about it. I'm just saying, I can't care more about your problems than you do. Right. Because I absorb them. I care about every one of you. So if something's going on with you and, and you're hurting, um, I'll be a part of the solution. And if you need an ear, you need help. You want to talk it out because you want to make a change. You just kind of don't know what's going on or don't know where to start fucking yeah, reach out. I'm happy to give you my time. Um, but if you're just looking to run from your problems temporarily and you know, you know that you're not really ready to make a change. Um, I can't be a part of that. I just don't have enough time. Um, and fuck, I, like I said, I got pains in my chest that doctors say, eh, you know, nothing's wrong. Well, I feel it and it hurts and it's spreading. So I don't want to be 
you know, being told in six months that I, I had like, you know, a tumor in my chest that was growing that they never saw on the x-ray or the blood work or, you know, I, 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 I only have so much time on this earth or, or just the pizzas that I eat make my heart explode. You know, I'm, I'm, I've only got so much time and I will share it with you, but, but I'm not going to waste it. Um, and you've only got so much time. I'm not saying I have to be a part of it, but you've only got so much time. You got one life. Don't accept less, you know? Um, it's never too old to, to turn shit around. You know, I know, like I said, my friends in her thirties and it's like, what are you th- feeling like? If you leave this relationship, you're never going to find another one. Well, how, how much easier do you think it's going to be at, at 45, 55, 65, you want to be on your deathbed and you wasted your one shot, you know, just find whatever it is that you want and start walking towards it. And there is support out there. If you feel unhappy, if you're in a relationship and you can't even talk to a friend on the phone because you know that your, your significant other, your best friend isn't comfortable with you having friends. You're trapped all day long. You try to do artwork and they say, ah, it's not important. It's not making us money. So it's not important. Well, this piece of shit, you know, for time being he's trapped in his own shit, but you know, he comes home and he plays video games. Well, how is that making us money? Why does your shit get to be more important than mine? It's not a fair relationship. You can do better. You deserve better. And maybe losing you, you know, will be the catalyst for him to look inward. You know, we had this conversation when we drove down. It was like, you, you don't want it. You know, if it's not about like whose fault is it or whatever, you get to a certain point and you're like, I don't care. You can blame me. You can blame yourself. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. So if, if it's about fighting, I don't care. I don't want it. It's my fault. Great. It's my fault. I don't care. And eventually that person's going to realize like, well, it's not like, I can't blame them into wanting to stay with me, you know? And then it's like, oh, it's my fault. Okay, great. Thanks. I don't want it. I don't want it. It's got to be over. Got to end it. You know, it's not growing. So, you know, maybe that'll force that person to realize like, wow, I lost that person. Maybe they'll be the kind of person who leaves that relationship. Well, what a bitch. And that's it. Okay. Well, that was a lot of self-reflection and growth, you know, or maybe it'll be like me when I lost the woman that I loved the most. Um, I looked inward and went, wow. Well, cause that's what I said. Like I was internalizing everything. So, okay, this is my fault. What did I, you know, I started asking myself to have questions. What were, what was I bringing to this relationship? What was I, you know, my anger, this looking inward, reading books, you know, realizing like, wow, you were just a really angry dude, dude. You got a lot of fear. And the thing is with anger, you can make anger go away, but the fear is real. Like fear is fear. You can be, you can be afraid without being angry, but you can't be angry without being afraid. That's, that's truth. Anger is a secondary emotion. So if you want to, if you're an angry person, know that you're afraid of something, you know, some people are afraid that their, their situation is never going to get better. Some people are afraid that their partner is going to leave them. Some people are afraid, like, you know what I mean? That they're not enough, you know, or that other people are going to think less of them. They're afraid that other, you know, like whatever it is, there's a lot of fear associated, but you're, you're never, it doesn't exist. Anger does not exist without fear. So If you're an angry person, just ask yourself, you don't have to answer to anybody. Just ask yourself, what am I afraid of? You know, if I find myself angry all the time, what am I afraid of? Am I, am I afraid my life sucks and it's never gonna get better? Am I afraid I'm never going to accomplish anything? Because at least if you look at that, if you go like, well, I'm afraid I'm never going to accomplish anything. Great. Well, well now you know what your fear is. So maybe prove it wrong, right? Go find something you can do. Ask yourself some empowering questions. Like what talents do I have? What skills do I have? What can I do to make more money? What can I do to improve my situation? Your brain will give you answers, not right away. But if you're asking yourself that question enough, your brain is desperately trying to answer the questions you ask it. 
So the quality of the answers can only be as good as the quality of the question and framing that question is very important. And Hey, like I said, if you're having trouble framing those questions, give me a call, send me a message, send me an email. I'm here. I'll help you. You want a solution? I will be part of the solution. All right. I'm, I'm wrapping it up for sure. All right. This week, Absolute Comedy Thursday night. You guys heard this on Wednesday. Thursday night, I'm just doing a spot at Absolute Comedy. If you're in Ottawa, you want to get out, come see the show. I'll be fucking around with some new stuff. Sunday night, I'm at Yuck Yucks doing a, a dress rehearsal show for the JFL recording. And Tuesday, I'm at Just for Laughs, which means on Tuesday, some point, I will be recording or I'll be putting together episode 200. I probably try to get that done on, on Monday so that I can just focus on my set on, uh, on Tuesday. But, uh, but that's her. I, you, there's three places you can see me this week. If you're in the Ottawa area, uh, nothing but love to you guys. Um, hope you're happy. 200s coming. So if this one was a downer, I promise you lots of fun, silly stuff to talk about on episode 200. We're, we're just about there. So as long as my heart doesn't explode in my chest or my rib cage rips, rips apart or whatever in the next seven days, uh, we made it finish lines right there, right there. And then onward, we're not, we're not stopping. We're just going to, we're going to hit 200 and we're going to go around the fucking track again until we get to 300. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. If you're brand new, holy shit. I'm sorry that this was the episode you started with. They are not three hours long all the time. Just talking about some serious shit on this episode. I guess stuff I had to get off my, my injured chest. Uh, have a great week guys. I will talk with you soon. Can't go away, girl. I'm
I'ma need you. Play your game like they might take it to an Ivy League school. Won't get Hall of Fame dick from a minor league dude. I just eat pussy, other people need food. Only got a little time and I ain't trying to spend it. All you in the bar who ain't giving who attention. Tarting up the engine, need to reboot. I just eat pussy, other people need food. And I use every bone in my body. Keep on holding on to your trust. Won't forget too soon. I can't keep on losing. Can't keep 